coming out here to Penticton Speedway for night number one of the Western Rattler 300 weekend. We are also happy to now have Race Time Radio online with their broadcast as well as Shaw Spotlight uh, up there in the tower. Big thanks to the broadcast team here. We are going to start with your street stock field. Car number 15 out of Vernon. Darcy Paul is behind the wheel of car number 15. Moving on now to the 23rd spot, the 18 car from over in Campbell River on the island. Give it up for Miles Bolio. Moving up to the 22nd qualifier, the 64, Mike Gillette. And in 21st, the 54, Bob Reichert. Next row in qualifying, car number 41 coming to us out of Surrey is for Street Stock Start, Ryan Willison in car number 41. Next up, a Penticton Speedway regular in the 3070 new to him cars, the Camaro. It's not the Ford Thunderbird usually, but uh, Corey McGivern behind the wheel of car number 37, the white Camaro tonight. Next up, car number 34, one of our competitors out of Saskatchewan, coming from the Prairies, Wayne Osborne in car number 34. Give it up for a driver making the long toe down here from Saskatchewan. And another one of our Saskatchewan competitors, car number one, Scott Barron behind the wheel of car number one. Give it up to Scott. He's from Saskatoon in the number one machine. Next up, 16th in qualifying, car number 20 of Penticton Speedway regular Jay Armstrong behind the wheel of car number 20. And in the 71 machine, Nick Hasty behind the wheel of car number 71, usually the number 11, the nice duct tape number job this weekend for the 71 machine. Next up, he comes to us from Vancouver, but a regular out here at Penticton Speedway. Used to run in the Hornet division as well. Now behind the wheel of the street stock, Yanni Kirstos behind the wheel of car number 11. And coming up next in car number 22R, coming to us out of Quinnell, Roald Hagdorn behind the wheel of car number 22R. Congratulations to Roald on making the trip down from Quinnell. Number three car out of Kamloops, familiar man again here at Penticton Speedway, Rob Zimmer behind the wheel of car number three. And qualifying in the number 11 position in car number X, one of the older cars in the field, Paul Teron behind the wheel of car number X from Langley. Paul, of course, regular at the Agassiz Speedway. Next up, car number 31. She lives partly on the island and part-time in Penticton. Huge cheering section for the Lake Excavating, number 31 of Ellie Dunseeth behind the wheel of car number 31, qualifying in 10th this evening. Next up, in ninth, the 36 out of Summerlin, Joe Cornette Ching behind the wheel of car number 36. In the number 16 machine, the defending street stock champion out at West Shore Motorsports Park on Vancouver Island, 
the only Islander, or one of the only uh, West Shore Motorsports Park regulars making the trip out here. It's Brendan Moore behind the wheel of car number 16. And now in the number 7 spot, the 52 car from down Williams Lake, Garnett Grimard behind the wheel of car number 52. You heard Garnett uh, actually on Race Time Radio a few weeks ago. Uh, Joe, I know, knowing him from that interview as well. The 27 car, one of the hottest street stock drivers uh, in 2021 in the province of B.C. Out of Langley, Cale Woodski in car number 27. Moving on now to the fifth place qualifier. The guy who literally used to own this place in the 17 machine making his return to racing after, what is it, a four-year absence somewhere around that, Johnny? Just a few is what he says. Johnny Etches in car number 17 qualifying in fifth. Nice run, Johnny, in this brand-new number 17 machine. Walk on now to car number nine, fourth in qualifying regular at Heights Speedway. This is Lyle McComber behind the wheel of the number nine Camaro. Congratulations on the top five qualifying run, Lyle. Moving on now to your third place qualifier, the number 91 out of Campbell River. If there is a class at Saratoga Speedway, this man is probably one in it. Chris Bolio behind the wheel of car number 91. Moving on now to the top two in qualifying, 75, a man who's no stranger to Penticton Speedway, Graham Cook qualifying in second in the number 75 machine for the Venom 100 coming up later on. And we will move it to a man who might have lost count of how many track championships he has out here at Penticton Speedway in the BC Racing number 67. This is Billy Coles tonight's quick qualifier in the street stock division in the 67. And... Uh, Billy, this car, a lot of work going into it in the offseason. Seems to be running strong for you tonight. It's really quick. We have a great team, lots of people behind us. So uh, we have a lot of fun, and we're just looking for a great race tonight and tomorrow. Billy Coles bringing home quick time in the street stocks in car number 67. That is going to do it for the street stock list. We're going to go now to your late model competitors, starting out with car number 60, out of Kitimat, Trevor Reinert behind the wheel of car number 60, making his late model debut. And what a race to make your late model debut at. Moving up now to the 53 machine out of Edmonton, the uh, other half of the Dowler brothers. This is Adam Dowler in car number 53. We'll move on now to the 22nd qualifier, the 15 car out of Sylvan Lake, Alberta. Tony Terrence behind the wheel of car number 15. Moving down now to the 34 car, qualifying in 20th, the regular out of Prince George, Daryl Horwath behind the wheel of car number 34. Outside of the next row, qualifying in 19th, Looks like uh, missing out on the 67 car. Jeff Cameron out of Kamloops should be in this spot. Give it up for Jeff. Regular out here at Penticton Speedway. We'll move on now to the next car, the number four machine out of Victoria. He's a former street stock champ at uh, West Shore Motorsports Park. Kyle Cottam in car number four, making the trip over from the island. And another guy who made the trip over from Vancouver Island. The number five machine out of Sydney, sponsored by Shockwave. The man that owns Shockwave, Dave Smith, behind the wheel of car number five. 
Moving up next on the outside of the high banking here in turn number three and four, man who uh, is the only guy from the West Coast to make over 100 career starts in the NASCAR Pinty Series. The number three car out of Kamloops, this is Jason White behind the wheel of car number three. And another guy who made uh, it out to pretty much every single race at Penticton Speedway last year, the number 56, Steve Lingert, behind the wheel of the 56 machine. <laughs> Moving on now to the number 27 car, former ARCA West Coast champion in the sportsman division, Mark Barrio out of Penticton in car number 27. To the inside now, the number 19 car out of White Rock. Right, let me try that again. White Rock, BC. He is a three-time Canada 200 winner. Corbin Thomas behind the wheel of car number 19. And on the outside of him, after a second Sabbath qualifying in 14th, 36 car coming out of Red Deer, Grant Brown behind the wheel of car number 36. Moving on now to your defending West Cars Series champion, the 51. Out of Quinnell, this is Jarrett Bond behind the wheel of car number 51. Jarrett qualifying in 13th. He will, I believe, be on pole for the 100-lap qualifying race coming up later on. Qualifying in 12th, locking himself into tomorrow night's 300-lap affair from Edmonton, the 35. Noel Dowler Jr. behind the wheel of car number 35. And now, moving on to the next row, 29 card. He is no stranger to the reconfigured Penticton Speedway, but uh, definitely not used to having fenders on his car out here. From Kamloops, 2006 Cascar Western Series champion, Jimmy White in car number 29. Moving on now, inside the top 10, car number 12, coming to us out of Saskatoon, a regular at Sutherland Automotive Speedway. Matthew Shirley making his first trip to BC in car number 12, bringing home a 10th place qualifying run. Nicely done, Matt. Moving on now to the ninth position, the 81 car, the Northern Provincial Pipelines Dodge Charger, one of two Mopars in the field, two-time Canada 200 winner and the promoter at West Shore Motorsports Park. This is Daryl Midgley out of Sydney in car number 81. Moving on now to the eighth starting spot for the folks at Lake Excavating, the track owner out here at Penticton Speedway and one of the guys behind the Western Rattler 300, Trevor Siebert in car number 69, starting in the eighth position for the Western Rattler 300. Moving on now to our seventh place qualifier, the number 92, 2016 West car champion and qualifying again seventh this evening. The 92 car done up like uh, Daryl Waltrip's old Western auto scheme. Logan Jewell is in car number 92. Six starting spot, the 09 car, the other half of the Lake Excavating team. Riley Siebert, the 09 car, formerly out of Williams Lake, now living right here in Penticton, bringing home sixth place in qualifying for the Western Rattler 300. Inside the top five, car number 42, the man with the longest toe to get here, coming from Nova Scotia. This is Kyle Reed behind the wheel of car number 42. And in car number one, you're defending Penticton Speedway, late model champion out of Caledon, Matt Stephenson behind the wheel of car number one. 
Moving on now to the third place man in qualifying. He's got a Canada 200 win to his credit over at West Shore Motorsports Park in Victoria. And fittingly, he's also from the island and Victoria. Give it up for the 14 car, Brandon Carlson. And moving on now to the front row, top two qualifiers for the Western Rattler 300. The eight out of Edmonton, Kelly Admiral behind the wheel of car number eight. And now, the man on pole in the 10 car, making only his third start in his own super late model, but putting it on pole from Pitt Meadows, Wes Mater in car number 10. And Wes, uh, again, shaking the rust off. He had this car out twice in 2019 at Evergreen Speedway and Yakima Speedway. And then it's been a little bit of a lull. What has it been like transitioning from running your usual West Car Legal late model to uh, to running this super late here this weekend? Uh, very tough. Struggled all day yesterday, but uh, you get some seat time. And uh, we started doing a little adjustments. And thanks to my buddy here, he was the man uh, pulling the wrenches. And uh, he's the guy that got it where we're at today. And uh, Wes, the $1,000 check there for pole uh, has to be a, a good padding as well. Oh, yes, it's great. It's great. It's uh, go towards a lot of bills that we had to incur uh, coming here. But, no, thank you to uh, Penticton Speedway for uh, the $1,000 for the pole. And uh, what do you think your chances are coming up tomorrow night? You get to sit out the 100-lapper uh, this evening so you don't have that uh, 100 laps on the car and uh, get to put the car cover on it tonight. Oh, that's a good thing, but uh, we'll talk tomorrow night. Uh, we're not going to make any predictions on too much. It's a long race. A lot can happen, so uh, maybe we'll be talking tomorrow night. But let's see. Let's get through it first. Well, there you have it. Wes Mater, your pole position winner and a winner of $1,000 here for the folks at Penticton Speedway for the Western Rattler 300. That is going to do it for driver introductions. We're going to throw it up to Joe Chisholm up in the broadcast booth and the folks at Race Time Radio to continue the coverage here on both Race Time Radio as well as Shaw Spotlight. All right, uh, good introductions, and man, oh, man, have we got a race in front of us tonight. I'm going to step out, take a quick break, and we will be back with the action live from Penticton Speedway tonight on Race Time Radio. Bonjour, ici Andrew Ranger, coureur de la voiture 27. Vous écoutez Race Time Radio. I'm Andrew Ranger, you're listening Race Time Radio. From coast to coast, coast, to coast you're listening to Canada Talks. Tonight's Race Time Radio is brought to you by. Quick Quick Fire Starters, the world's best fire starter. Napa Auto Parts Stores, Port Hawkesbury, New Glasgow, and Anniganish, Nova Scotia. And by Canadian Tire Motorsport Park. Celebrating 60 years at CanadianTireMotorsportPark.com. Even though Napa is a nationally known name, nearly all of our stores are built from the ground up by local owners and families. People you might call neighbors will be here, there, and everywhere. Doing what neighbors do to keep their communities moving forward. You stop by a Napa Auto Parts store, you can count on Napa know-how. It's time to get back to the racetracks. For over 30 years, Quick Quick Fire Starters have fueled the sport on and off the track. 
making lighting your campfire as easy as one, two, three. There's no need for kindling or paper. Just pop your quick, quick fire starter in the pit, add your wood, and presto, you're a pro. Quick, quick fire starters, no harmful chemicals, and guaranteed to light your fire every time. Quick, quick fire starters, the world's best fire starter. This is NASCAR champion Kyle Busch, Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson, Kurt Busch, Joey Logano, Kevin Harvitt, Martin Truex Jr., Brad Keselowski. What is SiriusXM NASCAR Radio? It's a place to talk about your favorite sport. You know, I renew my subscription. It never comes off this channel. The whole day is awesome. It's a place to hear from the biggest names in NASCAR. Joey Logano, what are you doing? I got the SiriusXM set up at my house so I can jump on more often. Joey, I want to first thank you for doing this. This is awesome for the fans. It's a trusted source for breaking news. Major stories today, my friends. Let's get down to business i'm in the hauler with the breaking news story it's every nascar race heard live including in-car radios Legato gets into the back he, he shuts him up the racetrack stay out stay out stay out trust me Custer's gonna go for the lead here they get door to door with each other yeah. and it's classic races that honor the history of the sport dale earnhardt is going to win the daytona 500 so what is series x and nascar radio it's your 24 7 home for all things nascar the way you guys cover these races is unbelievable channel 90 streaming right now on the sxm app If you're looking for miles per gallon, you're definitely at the wrong place. Maybe a few channels up or a few channels down, you'll find it. But this is Race Time Radio on Sirius XM 167. Canada Talks. And now, back with your host... Joe Chisholm. Well, your field making its way back uh, into the pit area after driver introductions. Joe Chisholm, it is going to be an exciting night of racing out here at Penticton Speedway. Of course, the Venom 100 for the street stocks and the 100 lapper to set the field from 13th on back with the late models out here at Penticton Speedway in a stacked field it is as we did give you the run through there you can see the street stocks getting lined up and ready to go for their first heat race of the evening joe and this is going to be our first indication of uh, exactly how everybody stacks up in the first actual racing event of the weekend here for the western rattler 300 yes it sure will uh, it's going to be interesting to see how things all work out the late models pull the dog track side they'll go into the pits and uh, man oh man what do you expect to see out of this, Cole? We've got a great field. You know a lot of these guys. Yeah, and it's uh, kind of a smorgasbord, really, of different street stock drivers from around the province. 67 of Billy Cole's lined up uh, on the front row, of course. As we talk with Billy, he uh, has pretty much more starts than anybody here at Penticton Speedway in this field, and that 67 car has been primed and ready to go here in the offseason. A lot of work being done on it, a brand-new car for Billy Kale Woodski, I can see him lined up on the outside of the front row, the 27 machine. Kale from Langley, and uh, one of the guys that won pretty much every single Street Stock Invitational there was across the province of BC in that 27 car. And Kale from Langley, former regular at the Agassiz Speedway just outside of Vancouver. And Kale, a driver to watch. Coming on in the program, 91, Chris Bolio in that number 91 machine. Chris from over on the island. Chris's dad, Jason Bolio, is actually a very experienced driver uh, in modifieds and dirt modifieds and actually won 
uh, night of the Bristol Dirt Nationals down at the Bristol Motor Speedway where they have their big short track race the week before the NASCAR boys come into town. And Chris is uh, taking a lot of talent from his dad as well. Uh, and it's a Camaro, but the thing that might be throwing you off is it has the old uh, NPP late model series nose on it. So they're calling it the Charger or the Ch Chimero, I believe. So Chris Bolio, that number 91 machine, lined up and ready to go here. So you can see Al Liebert, uh, the general manager here at Penticton Speedway, uh, lined up down there on the front straight as we had a nice overhead shot of Penticton Speedway here. For those of you tuning in on Shaw's Spotlight, we thank our production team here for giving us these great images throughout the evening. Your field getting lined up as we speak, as we see some of the drivers making their way into the pit area, and there is a good shot for those watching on Shaw's Spotlight of the new banking through three and four, which used to be parking lot flat. Now the guys at Penticton Speedway, Trevor, Ingo, Siebert doing their thing, getting everybody uh, in line here and, and putting together a great racetrack with multiple racing lines in that number, turns three and four. And there you can see turns one and two still have the bumps on the inside of the racetrack through one and two. You got the new asphalt on the outside where the racetrack's been widened. The front straight wall has actually been brought back a little bit. And there's a, kind of a line halfway down the front straight that you can see where the old asphalt stays and the new asphalt begins. And uh, guys are able to carry a whole lot more momentum through three and four with that progressive banking than they would have with the uh, flatter racing surface beforehand. So the B heats getting lined up and are ready to go down there on the front straight. Rold Hagdorn, the number 22R, lined up first. And again, the uh, officials here at Penticton Speedway will get all those cars put into the correct lineup for when we go racing. There you can see some of the grandstands still under construction down there towards turn number one. Hopefully that'll be uh, up and ready to go here later on in the season at Penticton Speedway. And Joe, uh, I know it's been... An exciting time for you guys coming out here, and uh, what's it like finally getting out to actually see all these changes and uh, and things that have gone on to the racetrack that uh, that you've heard so much about. It's simply amazing this facility. Uh, it's going to be real racy, a lot of side by side action tonight. You can guarantee, you can feel the energy in the air. Yes, and that uh, energy continuing down here as we get the start of racing action on night number one of the Western Rattler 300 weekend. 15 car Darcy Paul, you can see him getting lined up. Darcy from Vernon. The 37 machine, Corey McGiverin in that Camaro. New to him, usually you'll see him out here in the white and blue Ford Thunderbird that uh, he's run for quite a few years. And Corey, a uh, former sportsman champion here at Penticton Speedway back in the day. Some more of our competitors, the two Saskatchewan drivers. Number one, Scott Barron. Number 34 machine of Wayne Osborne. As your field rolling around to the back straight in the correct lineup, behind the Avion Motorsports Penticton Speedway Chevy Camaro pace cars. We'll get ready for our first race of the evening second heat coming up after this one in the street stocks 
As we continue to roll on with the program, as your field now rolling from the spot in turn number four to make their way over to the back straight. I know Brad Mann is down there. Uh, Brad, you got everything all settled in. Are you ready for this one? I am, Joe, and uh, thanks to Mr. Wader, I'm up on his pit box down in turn one and two. So uh, I got a very good view of my fellow Maritimer taking care of me. Uh, better than down right on the bottom, but it is windy. And there is no flies, Joe, so <laughs> maybe I should have brought the skidoo suit. I don't know. <laughs> no mosquitoes tonight. No, no, sir. Uh, certainly uh, looking forward to this, Joe. Uh, it's been a while. It's been two years, actually, since we've done any of this together. And it's, uh, it's a real fun to get back together to bring this back to all our race fans across Canada and U.S. And uh, certainly a pleasure to uh, see all the new improvements and uh, great work that the uh, officials and the ownership's done here at the track. So uh, we're about to see some exciting racing. So you're listening out there. Uh, get your uh, pops uh, ready and whatever you're going to chomp on while you're listening and sit back and then uh, enjoy the program. Yeah, and the field uh, has worked its way to the back straight there. And I want to say, I said Jay Armstrong in driver introductions is actually Jay Anderson behind the wheel of the 20 car. I wondered why Jay was giving me a little bit of a look down there, but Jay is lined up and ready to go here in heat number one. You can see the field again behind the Avion Motorsports RS1 pace car getting ready to go. The 18 miles Bolio, I believe, will be on pole position for this heat race, followed by the 64 of Mike Gillette. 54 machine, Bob Reichert, third in line. Ryan Willis in the 41, fourth. Corey McGivern in that uh, 37 machine, fifth in line, 34 car. Making again the long toe from Saskatchewan. Wayne Osborne in the 34. Scott Barron, the number one. Jay Anderson, the number 20 as the pace car rolls off. 71, Nick Hasty behind the wheel. Hey, Cole, can I jump in here? Just want to, you guys have been having all the fun so far. I had a couple little technical issues, but you guys have been doing a great job. I'm super excited to be back here. And just look at this great field of street stocks. We've got... We, we've got features tonight, we've got last chance races tomorrow, and we got a lot of money that we're going to give away. It's going to be sensational evening. So glad that you guys are here to enjoy it, and we're ready to get the season kicked off here at Penticton Speedway. And Todd, you're usually uh, hanging out with the NASCAR Pinty Series. you got the Canadian uh, Sports Car Series as well that you call. Uh, not a lot of chances to get a lot of short track late model racing in, so this has to be a special added feature for you. Absolutely is, and seeing so many drivers from other series, other tracks, other provinces that have made their way here to Penticton Speedway for this event, it gives you an idea of the importance of it, and it gives you an idea of how significant an event it already is, and this being the first time that the Western Rattler 300 weekend is taking place here at Penticton Speedway. This is the first annual Western Rattler 300 weekend, I think we can officially say, as we're getting set to get green for our first race of the night. Yeah, and I know uh, Trevor and Ingo and everybody behind the scenes is uh, very excited that race cars are actually on the track after all the effort. Oh, yeah, it's been a tremendous effort. The renovations and work that has gone into revitalizing Penticton Speedway has been enormous. Crews were working up until late yesterday, early this morning to get things ready, and now we're getting cars doubled up and just about set to go. 
All right, getting ready for the first race of the evening here, Joe. Pace car pulling in. Miles Bolio, Mike Gillette, your front row as we get ready for the first heat race of the evening for the street stocks. And off a turn four, we are green. And it's Bolio takes the early lead. He'll jump it down into turn one on the bottom. Following suit around as Gillette down the back stretch. Into turns three and four, Bolio out in front. Reichert up to second, McGiverin on the outside as they come by for lap number one, Bradman. Bolio hands on the bottom, McGillier's on the outside. He'll take the lead going down the back stretch. They go door handle to door handle. Being chased very close behind now by the 54 car. Corey McGivern out in front, and here comes Bob Reichert to the inside, and the 54th Camaro McGivern using that outside lane. And it's a 54 under the 37 going down the backstretch. He looks to take the lead away. High atop, Penticton Speedway. There you can see Bob Reichert to the inside, and the 54, the rest of the field streams on through with Reichert out in front. Riker to lead them down the back stretch. The rest of the field, four or five car lengths back. A good lead for the first and second positions here at Penticton Speedway. It is the first race of the night, and it's a big one, Cole, a huge one. Osborne will slide up into third. Working his way off at turn number four, Bob Riker leading the way, and as you heard, the number 34, Wayne Osborne, up into third. Six oh. laps complete. Six tonight. Brad, they're flying around this place. They are, and it wasn't long ago, Joe, that the 64 car bounced off the front straightaway. But it looks no trouble for the wearers. He continues to roll on through. Yeah, Mike Gillette getting a white wall on the side of 64, as you see high above. Penticton Speedway, Bob Riker leading the way in. Is number 54 with Corey McGiver and getting pressured by Wayne Osborne in the 34. And it's Osborne. He's going to look under to take that second place away, but he's not going to get it that easy as he rolls off the bottom and he'll have to settle for third. Dumps it back into turn one. Looks to take the lead to take over second going down the back stretch. And Osborne is going to clear him going through three and four with Bob Reichert out in front, still pulling away. There's Wayne Osborne, clear of McGivern in the 37. So we'll see if Osborne can track down that lead car. The yellow number 54 McGivern's been out front from lap two, but Osborne seems to be making some ground. We got some lap traffic that's going to come into play here shortly. For that number 54, he's doing a great job, and he's rolling up on the 15. Darcy Paul, the first car to go a lap down in this one in that 15 machine is Bob Reichert, your race leader, closing in. Reichert will go underneath the lap car, and Osborne will probably follow him through as they roll down into turn three and four. Reichert continues to lead. Osborne, despite a lap car, he's about three car lengths behind. And Joe Osborne is closing the gap on Reichert lap by lap. Yeah, he sure is. Uh, you can see some smoke starting to come out of the back end of that 34 car, Brad. Well, he may be burning up the right rear, but he's certainly giving it a good chase trying to check down the leader. And he's about two car lengths behind. Could almost be a tire of it. Looks like it's only when it goes through the high banking there and the body looking a little bit close to that tire as we see back in the pack. Scott Barron, Nick Hattie, 
McGivern sliding back to the back end of the field as Reichert with Osborne putting a lot of pressure on him as they come down the front straight. 15 laps complete now, 16. As Osborne continues to close the gap, he's only about car length and a half behind Reichert, but he's chased them down as they continue to lead the field around this track. Reichert almost keeping the gap consistently to about two car lengths now at this point as uh, smoke's starting to come out of Osborne's car as well. Certainly if Osborne's heating up that right rear with the tire rub, the handling will go away on that race car on him. Things are going to get real interesting as the lap cars start to come into play. The front two of real demand, Brad. Osborne losing some ground. Now he falls back about four car lengths behind. Third place sits comfortably as the two number one cars go at it for third and fourth. The 54, Bob Reichert out in front as McGivern, Corey McGivern, and Ryan Willison battling for position further on back in the pack for the sixth spot. As you see, the 54, Bob Reichert. Coming off at turn number four. 64, Gillett will make a pit stop. Obviously, he's done some damage from that front wall as he rolls the 64, Gillett into the pits. Yeah, problems for the 64 machine of Mike Gillette, and he will roll into the pits his race, finishing off early. As the laps continuing to wind down here, Riker. Now pulling out a gap on Osborne. As you can see on the drone shot here on Shaw Spotlight, Osborne now go to the inside of the lap for a Miles Bolio. Well, Rankert is leading the lead. He's let it out about six car lengths over Osborne. It's a 34, and Osborne has certainly fell off the pace a little bit here as we get deeper into this race. 24 laps complete from Penticton Speedway. It's night one of the huge weekend. Brad, that leader isn't going to have too much time, and he's going to have company. Well, the white flag's out, Joe, so he'll pick up the checkered here for the heat race, and it's all over as we see a little bit of smoke out of the 54, and Osborne will come across and pick up third in the first heat race. Bob Reichert brings home the heat race win in the 54 car as Bob rolls in to the pit area after that heat race win. The first winner in the Venom 100 night here, night number one here at Penticton Speedway. Wayne Osborne out of Saskatchewan finishing in second in the number 34 car. The number 71 machine, Nick Hasty back there in third. The one car, Scott Barron in fourth, and the number 11, Yanni Christos, will round out your top five in that green and black number 11 machine as your field from the B heat rolls into the pits. Joe, now we're going to see the fast guys coming out in the A heat for the street stocks. Yeah, this is going to be amazing, Cole. As you can see these cars, Brad, what did you pick up from seeing heat race number one? Well, Joe, it looked like the 54 had his way once he got it. The 34 Osborne was uh, closing in the gap, but as you guys could see, something was rubbing on the right rear, so I'd say he heated up the right rear, and that's what made him fall back in the field. So I'm sure the 34 crew of Osborne will go to work and find out why 
they had the fender rub or whatever was rubbing back there to heat up that right rear, but it certainly showed in the performance on the racetrack that he was right there, two car lengths back, but once it got heated up a little more, he fell back, so it was a pretty easy race for the 54 car. Well, temperatures are definitely dropping, and as that sun disappears, it's almost gone cold, the temperatures are going to drop even further. These cars are going to speed up. Yeah, these are the lowest track temps that these guys have seen at this point uh, in the weekend so far. Again, most of the hot lap and practice sessions taking place in the heat of the day when it's been nice and sunny and 16 degrees out. And now it uh, is cooling off and dipping uh, from being in the teens to uh, being about 4 or 5 degrees by, I think, the end of the evening as we get ready for our A heat to roll out onto the speedway. And again, a big difference in the amount of cars out here in the street stocks. You got some guys with the all steel bodies and then other guys with pretty much a late model with uh, leaf spring suspensions in the back of it. Yeah, love a sportsman, uh, right between a sportsman, a late model, a pro stock, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, a little bit of variation of everything. That's the cool part, Brad. They're mixing it up here at Penticton. We're going to see some differences. We certainly are, Joe. I went through the pit earlier yesterday in practice, and I never seen such a mixture of what's in this street stock class here. You got sportsman bodies. You got uh, stock front clips on most of these cars. You do have nine-inch Ford rear ends under some of them. Nice aftermarket bodies on some of them, and then we see some of the bodies that they were born with. So it'll be an interesting show here. But who we saw was fast on the clock was Coles, Cook, Bollier, McComber, and Anches were the fast cars, and they were fast yesterday, so I'm anxious to see if they carry that speed into tonight. All right, I think Todd Lewis has uh, Bob Reichert, winner of Heats, number one down there. Let's throw things down to Todd. Sure do, Cole. Bob, you found the fast way around this track. You just seem to have control of this right from the beginning almost. Uh, yeah, the car car's good, and uh, I've done a few laps here before, so... Yeah, more than a few laps before here. So what is it that you found that is, is maybe the fast way around? I know you don't want to give away, too much away, though. Uh, good setup in the car. And uh, just uh, go fast. <laughs> That's the key. Congratulations, Bob. Thanks. Todd Lewis down there in the pits as the Avion Motorsports pace car pulls into the pit area. We'll get ready for heat two. Rob Zimmer, Paul Teron on the front row and off at turn number four. We are green. It'll mix up at the start, but Zimmer to roll it in and he'll take the early lead. But Teron will fight back on the outside down the back stretch. They are all stacked up going into turn number three with Zimmer trying to hold off Teron for the lead on lap one. Ron gets the jump on the outside. He'll dump it into turn one. Deep washes up the racetrack. Zimmer comes back, going down the back. There you can see that banking being utilized by Teron on the outside, getting the run. But Zimmer, the shorter way around the speedway, able to hang on for the moment as your field swings into one and two. Zimmer dumps it down in. They'll go door handle to door handle down the back stretch. And a three and four. Teron continuing to work that outside lane. Brendan Moore, the 16 car out of Victoria, sort of his way to the third spot. Joe Cornette Ching in fourth as they head down the back chute. Teron gets the advantage over Zimmer. He opens the door. And underneath him slides the 16 car. Brendan Moore going for second, Joe. And he is going to try and track down your race. 
race leader, Paul Turan. Turan in the lead. Moore slips into second. Zimmer's got company looking to lose third. Joe Cornette Ching, the 36 to the inside is Zimmer. And Cornette Ching has one of the more high performing vehicles in a former sportsman car in that 36. Turan continues to lead the field around this fast racetrack. Paul Turan out in front. Brendan Morrison back there in the second spot. Garnett Grimmer, the 53, has made his way, rather, the 52 has made his way up to third. He's got a shot of the drone here on Shaw Spotlight. Side by side, Billy Coles up to fourth as they come off to turn four with Turan still leading the way, Brad. Don't look now, but Coles is on the move. He closes in on the back bumper. Little bobble by the 52. Coles settles into the fourth. Rimard right there with Coles as they come down the front straight. Cornette Ching side by side with the number nine machine for the fifth spot as they work their way again through three and four. And Brendan Moore closing on Paul Turan. Moore trying to close the gap. He does. It's an old Maryland, but he's got company. They're stacked up. They go side to side down the back. Grimard, a late breaking contest, holding off Coles as they come down the front straight again. And Tyrond is starting to open up the gap over Moore as we saw the same thing in heat number two, Brad. Coles gets it sideways, loses a lot of ground coming off of two, gathers it up. And Joe, that's just uh, one thing these guys are going to have to manage is keeping these cars pointed straight and not losing momentum because this is a momentum racetrack, Joe. They gotta keep the momentum up. You're gonna do that. Stay on the high side of the racetrack. Horan con continues to lead, but he's got company. The top three, you can put a blanket over them. Yeah, they are running very close as Billy Coles has Joe Cornett Ching on his outside, but Teron able to hang on here in a 25-lap heat race to set things up for tonight's Venom 100 as Paul Turan still leads the way with Moore in second. Coles and Ching still side by side for the fourth spot. Turan trying to open up the gap a little bit, but Moore closes it down, but Turan pulls up off of two. Two Carolins down the backstretch over Moore. Through three and four, Turan kind of opening up his run through that corner as Brendan Moore in the 16 machine. Is right there as well as they work their way down the back straight. And it's Cole trying to get underneath as it looks like the fast way around is on the bottom. They shove it up high. They lose a lot of ground coming off of one and two. So all of them pitching it down on the bottom of one and two. Three lanes of cars running side by side. Joe Cornette Ching now to the outside of Garnett Grimard in the 52 as your leader is settling in on the bottom of the racetrack. The fight is for third place as they're trying to open it up on the outside to take the third spot away. Working their way off of four, Teron is at a miracle of Brendan Moore this entire race. It's Joe Cornette Ching getting around the outside of Garnett Grimmer, and here he comes on the 16 of Moore as they go into three and four, Joe. 18 laps complete. This field is stacked up, Brad, side by side. It is, but Chin is trying to make the outside work as he gets around the outside of Moore, side by side down the back stretch, loses a little grip up off two. 
And there you can see just how much ground you can give up if you have a little slip up as Cornette Shane having to work overtime now to get back to the outside of Brandon Moore in the 16 car is still three rows of cars going two by two. Caught up in the bunch of colds, no place to go. He's tucked in behind as they're running double wide abreast. And the caution flies. The 31 around over on turn two there, Brad. Just uh, Elio get that spun around and 20 laps complete. Man, oh man, what a race so far, Cole. Uh, no one running away with this one. Yeah, it's going to be a shootout here for the last handful of laps. Ellie Dunseeth again spinning around in the 31 car. Unfortunately, to bring out the yellow, Ellie had a strong qualifying run as she tries to sort out her new race car, the 31 machine, different from the blue number 31 Camaro that she ran here last season at Penticton Speedway as your field cycles around under yellow behind the Avion Motorsports pace car. And, uh, Joe, just like we saw in heat number one out of these guys, the leader pulled away initially, then the second-place guy kind of closes in, and then it seems almost like the second-place guy is content to ride there uh, for, for the remainder of the race. Well, we're going to find out for sure, Cole. Uh, they were lumped together real good. That X car is definitely a rocket. I don't know, Brad. Maybe it's the wind going right through the rear deck. It could be. Some of these cars are opened up on the back. Uh a little different than what we see back home. There was four or five of them, so it is a little bit of advantage on the downforce, but uh, I'll definitely be anxious to see what the 36 of Chin got to say here, because he was pedaling very hard on the outside to get that third spot. Now he's going to line up on the bottom on the restart, right in behind Torrent, so it'll be interesting to see what he's got for him, as he's been riding along up on the outside most of this race. Okay, Cole, which one are you taking? You got five laps to get the job done. Where are you going? You know, I'm going to go with Teron holding off, but your dark horse is going to be Joe Cornette Ching and what he can do on this restart because the 36 car has really been coming on these last few laps. Inside, outside, Brad, man. Where would you want to restart this one? You want to be down low? You want to be up high where the momentum's all at? I'd like to be tipped in right in behind the X car and maybe give him a little bump and run. Yeah, that might work. <laughs> that, that works too, Brad. That definitely works. And you're, you're the most experienced man behind the wheel on the broadcast team, so we'll take your word for it. Been there, done that. So <laughs> there's only five laps to go. You can make him ugly. It's a short five-lap run. Yeah, we could be friends after, right? Yeah, after I take the helmet off. <laughs> sure. So, of course, for those of you watching on Shaw Spotlight, Brad Mann down there in the pit area, you can see uh, him on the drone shot where the red 10 is down towards turn number one. He is uh, our man through turns one and two as we get ready to go back green. Paul Teron leads them off at turn number four, and we're racing once more. Teron gets a good jump, and Ching is off the pace, so Teron dumps it in the corner, but... Moore is going to shove a hurt in the outside. He gets the advantage going down the back stretch. Brendan Moore with a lightning restart in that 16 car. Chris Bolio on the outside. The 91 machine making up a few places as the lap's continuing to wind down. Lap 21 complete. So Moore takes the lead, but Tyrone's fighting back. He doesn't want to give it up that easy. Four cars running away from it, and Billy Coles has worked his way up into the fourth spot. He's going to try and go around, and uh, Joe, you see somebody slowing Rob Zimmer pulling into the pits. Yeah, something bouncing around. He's got a right foot problem, I believe. I don't know whether they're going to leave him there, but we've got 20. 
front. Rob Zimmer has worked his three car into the pit area. Problems for that machine and Rob I think got in to the outside wall but Chris Bolio leads away. Brendan Moore sideways off of turn number two. He's going to lose second to Billy Coles as the checkered flag is out here on lap 25 and that is going to do it for heat number two in the street stocks. Chris Bolio wins it in the 91 Joe and uh, he was a benefactor of that restart how about that for action Brad man that yeah. that was an action-packed heat race it was and they even went an extra lap I'm not so sure the 67 of Coles and the X-Car Torrent knew the race were over they were still going another lap yeah they were so that just sets up so something we should see is a real good feature as these guys put on a good qualifying heat and uh, it should be an exciting 100-lap feature when they get to it, Joe. Absolutely. Uh, I believe there was a broken tie rod on that three-car. Uh, seen them down here on Pitt Road, and that uh, that left front, or pardon me, right front wheel just sort of snapped sideways. So uh, he's got a little bit of work to do on that before the big feature comes up, Cole. Yeah, I think Rob caught a piece of the wall at some point uh, there as your field heading out onto the racetrack for the 100-lap qualifier for the late models. These are the guys that qualified 13th on back with the top 12, of course, locking their way in. You can see the top 12 guys already have the car covers on their machines in the pit area. They get to relax and watch this. But, uh, again, 13th back to 25th have to run this 100-lapper with Jarrett Bond, the 51 car, starting on pole. And, Joe, I know you had Jarrett uh, on Race Time Radio in that 51 machine. Uh, he's going to be one to watch here uh, once. Uh, well, he'll be one to watch to see how he gets through this 100-lapper. Yeah, Grant Brown, another one that we're going to firmly keep our eye on. Corbin Thomas in the 19 car. So many good cars in this one. Good luck picking them. I know uh, Todd Lewis is going to get us a word with our last winner here shortly. We'll throw it to Todd. How about right now? Oh, How about we talk to Chris right now? He hasn't even gotten out of the car yet. You got that caution at exactly the right time, and you knew when to make the move and charge to the front. Yeah, definitely was a really good caution at a good time it came out. Uh, you know, me and the uh, 36 car were hung out to dry on the outside for a lot of laps. It's time to cool them tires down. It was, it was an interesting watch. As you were on the outside, you could run side by side. Was it, was it frustrating, or were you just trying to look for that opening? Well, just definitely with the, the group of guys that are out here tonight, you know, there's no slouches. A lot of people came from a big racing background, or they've retired back into this street stock class, or they're up-and-comers that are, you know, they're, they're good. Just like Chris. Well done, Chris. Congratulations. Thank you. Good job. By that car, uh, man, they, they, a lot of good cars here tonight. Things setting up. This is going to be a smoker here tonight, 100 laps for these late models. They're going to learn a lot. Yeah, the lights coming on out here at Penticton Speedway as we get ready for 100 laps of late model action. Jarrett Bond starting up front with Grant Brown on the outside of the front row in the 36 car. We'll go to row number two with Corbin Thomas who is uh, a guy that we were expecting to maybe put in a good qualifying effort, but uh, he finds himself in this 100-lapper. 
Back there on row number two, Mark Barrio, the 27 car. On the outside of the second row, Steve Lingert, the 56. Jason White, the three. The four car, Kyle Cottam. 34, Daryl Horowath. 15, Machine Tony Terrence. 53, Adam Dowler. The 60 car out of Kitimat, Jeff Cameron, the 67, and Dave Smith, the five, rounding out your field. And, Joe, there are some pretty big names that are in this race that are going to have 100 laps on the guys that uh, are sitting out this race uh, for the Rattler tomorrow. Yeah, sure will be. Todd, I know you're caught up there with Ellie. Take her away. Yeah, tell us about uh, the little trouble you had on turn number two there, Ellie. What happened? Well, I think we're fighting with a bit of stagger today a little bit, and I'm driving it in a little tiny bit too deep, so we've got a little bit of a push in the corner, and then off the corner we're a little bit loose, but we'll get it sorted out. This is the first race in the Avon Motorsports car, so there's some tweaking to do, and I'll have to get used to it, but I think we'll have a fast car for tomorrow, and I think it'll be good. A little growing pains are natural with a new car. I wouldn't say growing pains because I'm at a racetrack, but I'm definitely having fun, and I'm giving it all I got. Thanks, Ellie. No problem. All right, here we go. Green flag is out for the 100-lap qualifier as Jared Bond leads them. In one and two, Bond on the inside, Brown on the outside. Your top two are running nose to tail through three and four here in the opening lap as they come off at turn number four. Brown is going to lead the opening lap, Bradman. Bond will lead the opening lap, but he's got company with Brown on the outside. They continue to go side by side. Through three and four, still running side by side. These guys are running hard. Bond twitched a little bit coming out. But the other round washes up the racetrack. Bond's going to take the lead. Brown will settle in behind him. Jarrett Bond out in front now as Grant Brown will slot on in behind him. Steve Linger making a little bit of contact with Corbin Thomas in the battle for the fourth spot. Down the back straight, Jarrett Bond out in front. Lingert now going to the inside of Corbin Thomas in the 19 car as they work their way into one and two. Brown settling into second, but he's got some company on his back bumper. This Mario is looking after that. Off a turn, number four, Jared Bond with a big advantage. Make that four car lengths as he heads off at two. Mario dumps it in, looking, trying to get under Bond, but he can't. There's Mark Barrio on the inside of Grant Brown for the second spot. Brown able to get a run off of three and four in the 36 car, working that outside, but Barrio with the quicker car going to the inside of Brown for second. And Langert that had some trouble in practice is right there. Oh, they'll turn and wreck in turn one, and the caution will come out, and all cars go sliding. Oh, and they rush into the four car, just gets tapped from behind. The 67 involved in that of Cameron was late coming in, tried to dive to the bottom, and the four was there. But looks like not a lot of damage down here in turn one and two as we had a four-car incident. Early contact there on lap number six, and that started with Steve Linger getting into the back of Grant Brown in the 36 car. Jeff Cameron, who you got to look at here in the Shaw Spotlight broadcast, uh, he got together with Kyle Cottom in the four machine and uh, turned himself around and looks like the three car Jason White also got a piece of it. White is pulling into the pits right now as we speak in the three. Kyle Cottom, the other driver involved. Uh, looks like just a little bit of damage to the right front as he weaves that car back and forth to make sure that there is nothing wrong with it. 
Got a little something hanging off the 56 car of Langard up here on the front on the nose cone. I don't know if it's a screen maybe off the nose cone, but there is something hanging off the front of that 56 car. Yeah, I think it is just the screen, the cover for the radiator opening. It actually looks like a tiny bit of damage to the front here as we get a shot down the front straight on uh, the Shaw spotlight here. And uh, there you can see a little bit of damage to the right front of Steve Lingert's car as he passes by you, Brad, man, uh, through turns one and two. Yeah, you'll just have to give a little car a little shot in the back bumper, and that'll straighten out the screen and shove it back in. But doesn't look anything uh, upset the handling of that car. And he had trouble in practice. There was something leaking out of that car in the right rear. In qualifying, he had to pull it back in, and they fixed whatever it was. And it had been leaking earlier in the daytime. It was down to turn three and four, and I could see when he was practicing, something was coming out of the right rear. But it looks like they got that fixed. Yeah, I think it was a little bit of excess fuel that they were having some problems with uh, that definitely plagued them in qualifying as the field gets a signal to bunch it up into two-by-two two formation. Jarrett Bond is now going to have Mark Berrio on his outside in the 27 car for this restart with Bond leading the way. Avion Pace car pulls into the pits, coming off of turn number four. We are back green with Jarrett Bond leading the way in a one and two. Lead the way down into one and two. He's got company on the outside. They'll go door handle, door handle down the back stretch. Barrio staying tough on the outside as these guys try and get track position off the restart so they don't have to run quite as hard to catch up with the pack. They want to get those spots when everybody's bunched up. Bond will dump it out in front. Barrio's going to follow in behind. And Lingard will take up the third spot. Jared Bond trying the outside now in the 51 car as Mark Berrio going to the inside, kind of bottom feeding there. It's the 56 as Steve Lingert is up on the wheel coming to the inside of Berrio, Brad. And Thomas will sit in the fourth spot. He's going to look outside, trying to gain some ground, but can on this lap. Corbin Thomas right there as well. The tail end, the red machine, number 19 at the back of the battle for a second with Lingard and Barrio, and these guys are holding nothing back early on. Lingard underneath Barrio down the back stretch. He's trying to take away that second spot. They're racing like it's the last lap with a 100-lap feature early here. Yeah, it is lap 11, and these guys are up on the wheel. It's Steve Lingard to the inside of the 27 of Barrio. And he is going to get the spot, so Lingard up to second, Barrio back to third, and Brad Corbin Thomas in the 19 car is lurking uh, right there as well. Thomas jumps it under Barrio. He'll try to take that fourth, third spot away. He's on the bottom, Barrio up on the outside. And we have seen the inside lane be the preferred groove around here so far, as pretty much everybody out in front is kind of ducking down low as Steve Lingard is in hot pursuit of the 51 at Jared Bond for the race lead. As the race goes on, we get a little temperature up on the outside. We may see some action later, but early going, the track a little cold as everybody's sticking to the bottom to get that grip. 15 laps complete of tonight's Pentagon 100 on the racetrack right now. Oh, oh they almost clattered up with the lap car in the back stretch. That was a close one for the leader Brown. Yeah, Adam Dowler with problems in the 53 car. He pulled to the inside, and Jared Bond had a big moment. Check up and try and avoid things there as your leaders work their way into three and four. Steve Linger now taking a peek 
to the inside of Bond as they come down the front straight. Lingard will dump it into turn one. He's going to take it away. Bond backs off. He'll settle into second. Lingard to the lead. And those top four guys are going at it for position as Mark Barrio now is going to give Jared Bond a miracle of his black number 27. Lingard opens up the lead about three, four car lengths, but Thomas got trouble. He's got company with Barrio lurking around, looking to take that spot from him. Steve Lingard driving away into the sunset at the moment as we come up on 20 laps completed in this 100-lap affair is Mark Barrio to the inside of Bond once again, but Bond with the momentum around the outside. Barrio dumps it down in the bottom, can't make it stick. Bond will pull away on the back stretch. Put a blanket over second, third, and fourth. You can see just at the back of the shot there, the 15 car going up into the fifth spot, knocking Kyle Cottom back into fourth as they work their way through, and Brad Steve Lingert is pulling away from Bond. He's pulling away, but Bond's got some serious trouble as a 27. We got a curse punt down here with a caution out in turn one and two. Yeah, Jason White around on lap 22. He gets right it and on his way back around and yeah jason who's had uh well he looked good in hot laps look good in qualifying but having a rough go of this one brad he has been uh, and he's had a lot of laps in the car but maybe uh, just a little rusty on uh, maybe the car hasn't been tweaked quite enough but he's had trouble all day long and he lost it on his own it was a single car spin down there in the corner uh, lucky nobody else got caught up in it, but he was down up tight against the wall. So whatever's wrong with the car, I'd say it's a little loose on the back end. They've had trouble chasing it all day to get some grip, but he's back in the field rolling around, and we'll see if it gets better as it goes. Lots of experience behind the wheel that number three car. And Steve Lingert, who has uh, been pulling away steadily out in front in that 56 car, had almost a straightaway advantage over Jared Bond. And, uh, Joe, that's going to evaporate now. Uh, just like that. Yeah, it sure is, Cole. Uh, that lead is gone. Uh, and Burial, you know the 27 knows his way around. You know, Corbin Thomas is just hanging out right now. Uh, and look at, you've even got Grant Brown uh, in that 36 car. Uh, he's playing a KG right now. Brad, you gotta, you got to be patient, right? you got to wait for your time. And it's still early in this one. It is, Joe, but the big surprise is that 56 car lingered because he wasn't quick all day. Whatever the gas problem was, they figured it out. He's strong here late going. Big jump for Lingard off the starter way. Yeah, green flag is back out. Brad is Steve Lingard out in front of the 56. Mark Barrio has managed to get his way up into second. Jared Bond in third. As Daryl Horwath in the 34 car now go to the inside. And Bond is going to get freight trains. He is, but now the 19, a spin around here in turn one. 15 is around. The caution will fly as he got a little help. Single car spin, no damage, and we'll line him back up again. Cautions, breathing cautions, Joe. Lap 23. It happens, it happens 23 laps complete. The beautiful Penticton Camaro pace car is back out on the racetrack, just wanting to get some laps out there. That's what he's going to want to do, Brad. Yeah, we should take our uh, pace car out that they gave us a drive, Joe, and we'll see which one of them Camaros is the fastest. I don't know. I think maybe <laughs> Trevor Siebert 
kept the fast run, gave us the one that was, I don't know, just a little under mock. Well, Tony, yeah, Tony Terrence, we could see him uh, briefly on the Shaw Spotlight shot. Uh, spun around down there in the inside of turn number two. Terrence getting a little bit of help on his trip around in that uh, 15 car, the Avion Motorsports Penticton Speedway. Safety truck is working its way over to uh, hopefully get Tony pointed in the right direction. And uh, Tony probably having some troubles getting that car refired. Is, uh, if, if it was running, he would have had that car pointed in the right direction by now. You know that five shockwave machine? Uh, Dave, I think, is just playing it cool right now. Uh, he's hanging out near the back of the field. I know Jason White is back there as well. Yeah. These guys are veterans. They know what they're doing. They're hanging out. You don't want to burn the gear up. Brad, I bet you were in tons of races early in your career where you did burn it up. Well, Joe, I was a little more patient earlier in the career. We always ran on a tight budget, so we tried to take care of things. And I remember back in 97, one of the Pro Stock Championships we won in, in uh, Fredericton, we ran that summer with very limited budget, and I always just hung around for the first 15, 20 laps because the cars were wrecking, so I didn't have to pass anybody. And then with about 15 to go, I'd be sitting in third, and... We never won a feature that summer, Joe, but patience paid off, and we won the championship by 90 points. So. Uh, consistency is something, uh, you know, that everybody needs to experience when they're behind the wheel of one of these race cars. Beautiful Penticton Speedway tonight. It is the 100-lap qualifier. These guys, Cole, will be on track tomorrow for 300 laps in the Western Rattler 300. It is going to Make history right here. And you mentioned, Joe, the uh, some of the guys kind of playing at coy and maybe saving their stuff. It is kind of a 100-lap test-in-tune session. We've seen the top four running really hard, getting racy with each other. But some of the guys that we thought would be uh, up closer to the front have been sticking around the back. Or if you get shuffled out from the spot that you're in up at the front, guys have just been kind of waiting in line and biding their time. Absolutely. How about the shots that Shaw is getting here tonight? Uh, tell me these guys aren't doing a pro job. Yeah, definitely uh, some great camera angles for everybody on Shaw. Spotlight watching, of course, Rev TV joining the party tomorrow night for the 300 lappers. So a lot of great coverage coming up here at Penticton Speedways. You get the drone shot high above the racetrack. The field is getting the two-by-two bunch-em-up signal. And we'll get ready for a restart here as lights are out of the pace car, Joe. Brad, when do you hit the go switch in this race? When do you hit go? I'd have to say, Joe, anything from lap 60 on would be a good uh, pace once the cautions get straightened out here. Lingard takes the early lead. He's got company bully on the outside, but Lingard are diving down. They go door handle to door handle down the back stretch. Mark Barrio on the outside, Lingard on the inside, and Barrio is going to try and get the spot on Lingard as Lingard slipped up a little bit coming off of four. Barrio drove it in, but Lingard fights back on the bottom as Barrio washed up the racetrack. Barrio will go, gets a little bump into the back of the 56 of Lingard. That's going to stall his momentum. Daryl Horvath now the 34 car to the inside of Barrio. They got company put a blanket over second, third, and fourth. Nobody wants to give an inch. Corbin Thomas on the outside of Warwalk now. 19 cars. They work their way through one and two. Steve Lingard surviving that battle with Barrio for position as Corbin Thomas trying to 
get a run around the outside of the 34 of Horwath. He's going to clear him. Thomas gets the job done. He settles into third, sets his sight on second. We got to spin around and turn one. Jared Bond. And oh, bad, bad run as the 36 car gets up into the wall off of two. It's got a flat left rear and it's done some damage. That car climbed right up on the wall. Yeah, Jarrett Bond, the 51 car, the guy who led the uh, early stages of this one, spinning out. And Grant Brown, the 36, getting a piece of the action as well. He's got a flat left rear tire and also got into the wall pretty good uh, right underneath the Superior Septic Services sign towards turn number two and uh, donut mark there as well as a little bit of a white wall in the back of the 36 as there's the shot of the 51 of Jarrett Bond who has come to a stop. Dave Smith, the Shockwave 5S, is also stopped on the racetrack in turn number two. Smith just kind of sitting there right now, so losing fire when he came to a stop. Uh, Smith uh, coming to a full stop and avoiding the accident itself, but uh, unable to get the five car refired, Brad. Yeah, it sits there. It's just like it lost power. He's sitting there still. The 51 car is not running also, so they'll have to pull that up out of there. Sometimes when you stall these uh, cars, a lot of your time you run these cars without alternators. And sometimes when you stall them and they're hot, they don't have enough juice left in the battery to get going. A lot of times you got to make sure you charge them up good when they're parked. Now, the reason you don't run the alternators is you don't want to give up the horsepower and uh, it's only five or six horsepower, but if anybody knows anything in racing, you pay hundreds of dollars for one horsepower. So uh, that's probably maybe what took place. Sometimes when you stop quick, too, you could jar a wire and uh, it doesn't fire back up. But I would say the, 20, uh, the 36 car will have some serious damage. You just can't put these pro stocks into the wall and not tear up the front suspension. So they'll have some work to do. I'll be surprised if that car gets back out right away. Okay, 27 laps complete. We are going to step out, take a quick break, and we will be back live from Penticton Speedway, live on Race Time Radio. Stay there. Hi, race fans. This is Brad Keselowski. You're listening to Race Time Radio. Get your motor running. Head out on the highway. Tonight's Race Time Radio is brought to you by RPM Race Parks. Order today. Race tomorrow. Also by VP Race Fuels, the worldwide leader in race fuel technology. Dawson Dental Centers. Get your victory lane smile at DawsonDental.ca. And by Mr. Transmission, Owen Sound. Hey, Mr. A flashback in Canadian music history. Here's Eric Elford. Tom Cochran's most famous song, Life is a Highway, was a number one hit in Canada, and it hit the top ten in the Billboard charts back in 1992. It was written after Tom's famine relief work overseas took place. He was so taken with what was happening there, he wrote it as a pick-me-up to himself after watching the devastation. That's why he mentioned places in the song, like Khyber Pass, along with his hometown of Vancouver. After two years of silence at Riverside International Speedway, not no more. The IWK 250 Super Weekend is on July 21st through the 23rd. Everything kicks off Thursday night 
July 21st with a popular tailgate party. Then on Friday night, it's the Henry's Auto Pro, Sportsman 100, and Legends. Then on Saturday, Canada's Ultimate Short Track Race, the IWK 250, July 23rd. Featuring the stars of the East Coast International Pro Stock Tour, plus a pile more from across Canada and the U.S. For camping and tickets, get to riversidespeedway.ca or join us live worldwide on racetimeradio.com. It's the IWK 250 presented by Steve Lewis. July 21st through the 23rd. From the high banks of Daytona, we uncover it all. Ooh, that's going to leave a mark. And now... Hey, shake and bake, Cal! Woo! Shake and bake! Here on Race Time Radio... Well, we are back here at Penticton Speedway. For those listening on Race Time Radio, for those watching on Shaw Spotlight, you didn't miss a thing, but uh, fortunately we're still under yellow here. So uh, Jared Bond's car getting retrieved from over there in turn number two as Dave Smith's machine made the trip back into the pit area in the five car and looks like dave is going to get out of the five machine and uh probably in that situation he's just going to park it and save the equipment for uh tomorrow night if uh, and i think if you see any of these guys having any problems they, they might be ducking into the pits here uh, before the end of the 100 laps is completed yeah, absolutely uh, and probably a good move you learned what you learned tonight uh, Brad, I did notice out of the back of that five car, don't know whether you've seen it at your end of the speedway, but I did notice some smoke coming out the back of that car uh, early on even. Uh, was it something that maybe gave up? I didn't have a view down there. I didn't see, Joe, but the only thing you give up in the back is the rear end. So if you got a rear end gear that piled up, uh, these quick change gears, it could be the front crown pinion. Uh, most times that's what it is because on the back it's just a quick set of gears. Very seldom do they go bad. Usually the trouble's in the peak of the rear end in the front. So Tony Terrence back out onto the speedway in the 15 car. You just got a glimpse of him on a Shaw as the pace car has the lights off. Joe, get ready to take us through this restart with Steve Lingard out in front. Ah, uh, yeah, we're going to hit the loud pedal here again as the Penticton Camaro goes pit road. Lingard takes the lead. He's got company. Bully on the outside. They go side by side off a two down the back stretch. And Barrio able to hang with Lingard for the initial two laps, but Lingard on the inside of the off so far and thomas is lurking around he's looking to take second place away but burial runs up on the outside of lingard put a blanket over the three of them down into turn one continues to be burial now thomas looks under burial trying to take that spot away steve lingard out in front but he is going to have company from corbin thomas just as soon as thomas is able to get around mark burial Thomas dives it in. He's there. He's side by side down the back stretch. He's looking to take the second spot away. Off at turn number four. Thomas still working that inside. And Joe, uh, we've been 
Seeing that outside lane, it's really pesky for those guys trying to make a quick move. It almost takes three or four laps to set up a pass for some of these guys. Yeah, it sure does. As we got the 19 now into that second spot, he'll take that spot away from Mario. At least it looked like it. Still has it in turn three, four. But look at this, Mario battles back. Mario battling back. The outside, Thomas is driving in deep. Mario gets a good run up off the outside. And it's almost like if you can keep that guy pinched on the inside, it affects his corner exit, and the guy on the outside gets the momentum coming around the outside, Brad. Yeah, it is, but Thomas drove it in deep that time. He's going to get it. Mario will fight back the outside, but Thomas got the advantage. Mario will settle in behind him. And Corbin Thomas, who is not happy with his race car in hot laps, is getting a lot of opportunity to test and tune here. And it's still a little tail happy when it comes off the corner. That's what they've been fighting is that loose condition coming off. Mario fighting back. He wants it back at the outside. Thomas gets, doesn't give it to him. They'll go bumper to bumper down the back stretch. And Steve Lingard is loving this as he looks out his rearview mirror. But you saw as he came down the front straight that the entire side, the door skin on the 56 car on the right side is flapping in the wind as he works his way into one and two. Lingard enjoying it, having the whole track, picking his lead. Puts out a five car lead, but the battle is for second and third. Thomas and Barrio going at it. They've been going at it for the last six, seven laps. Nobody wanted to give up much. Yeah, and Corman has kind of opened up his line through three and four at least as he tries to keep the back end from stepping out. Barrio is just slotted in right behind him and is staying perched on his bumper. Now they start to get into lap traffic, but the leader clears them no problem there. Down the back stretch, Lingard still in the lead. 40 laps complete of tonight's 100, now 41 laps as the 56 car leads. Corbin Thomas in the 19th turn the second, and Mark Barrio in that third slot. I don't think he's out of it yet. These guys are still coming. They've got to save a little for, you know, past half wood. It'll be interesting to see if Lingard burns up the tires or not as he continues to run hard with a big lead. Maybe should back off and save a little. It'll be anxious to see with about 20 or 30 to go if he's got any tires left under that thing. 34 car Daryl Horwath is entering the picture as well from up in Prince George. Daryl up to the fourth spot just running shy of the battle for the second and third positions as Corbin Thomas is able to get a tiny tiny bit of breathing room between him and Mark Barrio but Steve Langert is out to a full straightaway advantage. Oh, a little advantage for the 34 car to gain some ground as the other two are going at it. Portworth will gain a little bit of ground as they continue to fight. Now they close back up again. Thomas and Barrio will come up on the lap there. They both go to the outside, bumper to bumper. They clear the lap car down the back stretch. And Thomas with Barrio back to his outside, had to check up for the lapper and kind of killed his momentum on the inside. Barrio able to keep his momentum up, is now hunting around the outside of the 19 car of Corbin Thomas as they work their way off at turn number four, Brad. It seems like Thomas can drive it real deep in here down one and two. But Barrio gets a little advantage coming off three and four. 
Yeah, a seesaw battle there for a second as Daryl Horwath is looking at this saying, keep it up, boys, because I'm just going to keep on closing in on your party. You can only put a piece of paper between the two of them and one and two as they close up the gap. Yeah, these guys not getting the memo to save the equipment for the 300 lapper tomorrow as Barrio and Horwath continue to lead the way. Steve Lingert with a big advantage in the 56 car as he heads into turns one and two. Thomas and Barrio just heading into one and two now. He puts the bumper to Thomas. Barrio gives him a little shove. He gathers it up. They still go at it down the back stretch. Meanwhile, Horthworth is loving this as he can close up the gap. Yeah, Daryl Horwath is right there. Barrio to the inside, Brad. Barrio to the inside. Thomas up outside, but he pulls him down the back stretch. Barrio died down in the bottom again. Thomas figuring out maybe more grip up high. Caution on the speedway. Yellow flag coming out, and I think I saw something bouncing down the front straight, so potentially debris as the black flag out. The flagman has a black flag out for somebody, so again, something bouncing down the front straight, so the yellow flag coming out. Here on lap number 52, so just past the halfway point in this 100-lap affair, and Steve Lingert, once again, will have a yellow flag, but uh, Brad, that 56 car is looking a little bit battle-scarred at this point. Yeah, he is, but he's had the track to himself, so when you're out front and you got a big lead like that, you can pick your corner entry in and out. I'm just not quite sure why he's running so hard, having that much of a gap up there. I'd be backing off trying to save the tires and the brakes a little bit. But I tell you, Boldier and Thomas will certainly enjoy this to cool the tires down. Them yep. two have been going at it for 20 laps, and I mean going at it. Yeah, they have been seesawing back and forth, and I think I just saw the flagman give uh, the 56 of Langer potentially the black flag as uh, the Penticton Speedway safety team is over in three and four, picking up some of the debris that brought out the yellow. It's coming off at turn number four. Pace cars still out on the speedway. That would be a heartbreaker if the 56 gets black flagged. And that looks like what's happening. The leader of the race getting black flagged. This turns into a monkey wrench in a hurry. As they've had trouble all day, got their things back together. Maybe that door flap and they lost some other parts that you guys saw in the front stretch. I think that's what they're trying to nab him for is uh, some of the piece, parts and pieces flying off of the side of your race leader, the 56 of Steve Lingert. And uh, we will see if the black flag comes out again as Steve Brad, uh, even if he is constantly getting the black flag, is uh, playing the I didn't see it game so far. You want to be careful with that because if the race official gets a little too upset with him, he might get parked for tomorrow or so. Tomorrow's a big money race. You better just take your black flag and park it. So, Todd Lewis, where did you get off to? Are you around there, Todd, anywhere? Hiding in the middle of the infield, Joe, trying to see if they did black flag that leader. <laughs> Quite a race so far. Your take. It's awesome. It's You can run the outside line, and we get great door handle to door handle racing. It's difficult trying to make that pass, though. It's almost as if you need to use the outside to find your way back to the inside, if I've explained that reasonably well, as you want to almost drive the drive, drive the inside rider. And here is that leader that has been black flagged and is making a stop into pit lane because it looked like there was some debris coming off that car. And now the team's going to have a look at it. 
We saw the front screen that was on that car pop out earlier after a little bit of contact, and now everybody's going to scramble around and just try to make sure that things are cleaned up and nothing else is loose underneath. Looks like actually some of the uh, bracing on the side of the car is actually dragging on the ground, and uh, where the exhaust comes out on the side, there's a little metal plate that they have on that car, and that's, I believe, what fell off to bring out the yellow here, and what was lying in three and four, as there you can see, his crew is taking a look at the gaping hole in the side of the 56 at the moment, as your field gets the bunch it up sign. Now the whole right side of that race car flapping in the wind. Now we're seeing a little bit of maybe some steam coming out of the front end of that car. Even more so now. Todd, you're getting a good look at it. What can you see? Looks like there is a little bit of steam. Hard to tell if that's from under the hood and overheating yet or if that's just from from the temperature and the brakes were kind of hot. Looks like they're making them secure that body panel before they allow him back out on track right now. They've got some zip ties out to try to secure that that body panel to the side of the car. Meanwhile, we're gone back to green, and it's Thomas back up front, but he's got company. Bollier fights back on the outside. These two continue to go at it. Door handle to door handle down the back stretch. Wreck in two, and it is the four car around, as well as Tony Terrence for the second time this evening in the 60 machine. Also around, Trevor Reiner. Reinert actually getting into Terrence, and you can see a, uh, well, we can see at least a stream forming from the rad out of the front of Terrence's car. That's a little bit of um, eyeball to eyeball, wouldn't you say, Brad? That's a little bit of eyeball to eyeball. We've done it with trucks once in a while to see which one was stronger, but <laughs> not what you want to do on the racetrack. And I'd say the 15 car, he's done for the night. The radiators, the, the fluids running down the racetrack, so... Obviously, the rad's punctured in that car, and his night will be over. They'll have to put a rad in that. Yeah, we're getting a good look at it up here in the uh, tower right now on the Shaw Spotlight stream that uh, you can see the water's kind of running down into the racing line in one and two as the Avion Motorsports and Penticton Speedway safety truck gets ready to tow Tony back to the pit area. So I don't know, Joe, if out here's rules like back east, but back east we're not allowed to run Prestone or anything, and you got to run water. So when you get an incident like this, the water doesn't take long to dry up. They can put some speedy dry, and it'll dry up right away. Before, years ago, when we ran Prestone, it could take many laps to dry up. So I would think there must be running water out here on the West Coast also in them. I would imagine. Let's set the scene for you. If you've just tuned in to Race Time Radio, welcome aboard. I'm Joe Chisholm along with Cole Sorensen up here in the broadcast booth. we got Brad Mann over turn one and two and we have todd lewis he's out scoping the pit area and keeping us up to date there 52 laps complete tonight's venom 100 this here is going into the 300 tomorrow the western rattler 300 this race here still pays 2500 bucks brad you want to win this race you do it's a nice payout for a qualifying race of 100 laps joe uh I was surprised when we talked to the track owner and he said that kind of money was there. So that's great for the fans when you got $2,500 to win the race. These guys will go out and look for that $2,500. They're not going to save anything. 
Todd Lewis, I see hood pins maybe going back on that race car down there on pit road. Yeah, there's some tape and going on, and they're still trying to secure that body panel on the uh, on the right hand side. But the water underneath the car, I think, is the real problem that they're going to have to address before sending this 56 back out. Well, don't be going too close to that getting warm. Brad will be getting jealous at the other end of the pits. <laughs> well, it's certainly not warm down here. I can tell you that. I got my gloves on, so. That's all right. We've uh, had a few cold nights back east once in a while, too, so we'll survive. Uh, the fans are in the stands. They're enjoying what they're seeing. It's great racing and uh, sets the tone for tomorrow night for the 300 Rattler, which will be a dandy. Yes, it absolutely will be. What are you seeing, Cole? I see you keyed in down there in turn one and two. Well, it looks like the field has actually come to a stop here. So as the cleanup work continues over there in one and two, a red flag situation at least at the moment, as we will get ready to uh, throw it to another commercial for those of you listening on Race Time Radio. For those of you on Shaw Spotlight, you're not going to miss a minute of the action here in just a bit as we get ready to throw things over to commercial on race time radio that's exactly what we'll do and we're gonna pump the fans up have a listen hey race fans this is james hinchcliffe you are listening to race time radio Tonight's Race Time Radio is fueled by EP Race Fuels, the worldwide leader in race fuel technology. Epic Racewear. Look, feel, be epic at epicracewear.ca. And by Rev TV Canada. From two wheels to four and so much more, the race is on Rev TV Canada. Even though Napa is a nationally known name, Nearly all of our stores are built from the ground up by local owners and families. People you might call neighbors will be here, there, and everywhere. Doing what neighbors do to keep their communities moving forward. You stop by a Napa Auto Parts store, you can count on Napa know-how. Hey, Mr. Mr. Transmission. Stop by own sound, Mr. Transmission. For a free multi-check inspection. For all your driveline needs, including transmissions, differentials, transfer cases, axles, and more. Mr. Transmission own sound. The area's number one driveline specialist. Chris and his team will take care of you. Canadian Sports Trivia. Here's Joe Thistle. Nova Scotia's Colleen Jones led her team to two World Curling Championships and won the Tournament of Hearts six times. In 1979, at just 19, she won her first of 16 Nova Scotia titles. And in 82, at 22, she won the Canadian women's title. In all, Colleen Jones appeared in a record 21 Canadian championships. Canadian Sports Trivia. And now is a public service. Race Time Radio presents the best free race invocation ever. And now, 
Pastor Joe Nelms. Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight for all your blessings. You said in all things give thanks. So we want to thank you tonight for these mighty machines that you brought before us. Thank you for the Dodges and the Toyotas. Thank you for the Fords. And most of all, we thank you for Roush and Yates partnering to give us the power that we see before us tonight. Thank you for GM Performance Technology and the R07 engines. Thank you for Sunoco Racing Fuel and good Goodyear tires that bring performance and power to the track. Lord, I want to thank you for my smoking hot wife tonight, Lisa. My two children, Eli and Emma, or as we like to call them, the little E's. Lord, I pray you bless the drivers and use them tonight. May they put on a performance worthy of this great track. In Jesus' name, boogity, boogity, boogity. Now, back to more Race Time Radio with your host, Smokin' Joe. And we are back with you live tonight at Penticton Speedway. The Venom 100 is trackside. And we're 52 laps complete. Uh, We are under an extended yellow here as we had a little... uh, incident down in turn number one and two brad you had full view of that the 15 is just getting loaded up now um a little contact but it created quite a mess yeah a little face to face and it uh, took the rat out of the 15 car so that's what the hold up's been here for a little bit but uh the guys get to cool down their tires we had a hard time to get these three laps in but uh we're on the last half of the hundred and i'm sure they're uh Glad to cool the tires down. We'll see some more racing here. The leaders up front, 19 and uh, 27, Bolia, uh, they haven't let off a bit, Joe. They've gone at it for 30 laps now, and uh, they continue to go at it. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. They mentioned earlier when you pinch the guy on the bottom, it affects his arc of the corner coming off. So that's the secret why the guy on the outside can run in so far. But if he pinches the guy in the bottom, he can't get up off the corner. So it seemed like we were seeing that more between turns one and two with the higher bank and down in three and four. It's not as effective. So uh, down in turn number one and two, still some character on the bottom of the racetrack, a little ripply down low. And, of course, that's where you're going to want to run. Brad, question I got for you. Uh, you got one of these late model cars. How are you going to... You know, make an adjustment, set it up to accommodate the racetrack down in turn one and two. Do you do it with shock? Do you do it with spring? Or is it a combination? What is it? Well, you could do it with shock, but they got the rule that you're going to have two rebound on the shock here. So it's kind of hard to do it with that. Uh, What you have to be careful of, Joe, is that when you get into the bumps is when you get back on the accelerator, it upsets the rear end of the race car. And that's where you got to be careful not to uh, break traction coming off, off off the corner. So the ideal rules when you're running a track by yourself, you only have two wheels halfway down in that groove and then the other two up on the outside. But when you got a guy on the outside of you pinching you down there, you don't have that opportunity. A little bit of forcefulness. Yeah, and uh, especially in one and two, it's almost like a motocross whoop section where the car starts bouncing and then it takes a while for the thing to get settled down. And when you're on the inside, it almost wants to bounce you up half a lane if you have the right height too low or the suspension set too stiff 
And uh, that's where, especially Corbin and Mark, when they were battling back and forth initially on that restart, Mark was getting Corbin kind of pinched down, and Corbin's car already was tail happy, so the back end started to come out off at two. Mark would get the run and then uh, stay side-by-side side with him through the nice smooth asphalt, the new stuff, in three and four. Yeah, beautiful facility here at Penticton Speedway. Uh, Trevor Siebert, the, the Ingo, everybody, the whole family, everyone has been out here working, uh, getting things set up for these race fans and for this big weekend, uh, and we're really being treated to it. Now, if you're tuned in live on Shaw, guess what? You picked the right provider Look at the coverage you're getting here, out in BC, province-wide. Shaw Spotlight definitely doing a great job here, and they'll uh, tap in with the Rev TV feed as your street stock competitors are lined up and ready to go for the Venom 100 coming up after this one. Of course, just over halfway here in the qualifier for the late models this evening out here at Penticton Speedway, night number one of the Western Rattler 300 weekend as a pace car, Joe. Good sign, always a good sign, is rolling away, and we can hear race cars firing back up. Brad, you sit for a little bit like, uh, you know, the 19 and the rest of the field is done now, waiting for this cleanup. How much temperature do you lose out of the tires? And you got to be careful when the green flag comes back out. It's only been, what, like five, maybe seven minutes? But will that make a difference in your traction? It certainly does, Joe. And the other thing, the speedy dry is now down on the bottom of one and two. I'm not so sure you want to be in that the first couple of laps on the restart. Yeah, you don't want to be gravel, right? Corbin yep. Thomas is going to be doing that uh, on this restart, unfortunately. The man who uh, is starting up in front, Mark Barrio, the... He has been the restart guy here the last few restarts in that 27. If he can stick with Corbin and Corbin gets a little bit of wheel spin thanks to that speedy dry, he's going to get a good shot coming off of two down the back straight. Well, the cleanup crew here at Penticton Speedway doing a great job. I wouldn't doubt you're not even going to be able to see the stain down in turn one and two. Those guys are working pretty hard at it, Brad. They are, but uh, Joe, you still... It's speedy dry, and they get it off, but there's still, like, the dust or, say, if you went down into the corner and there was some sand on the inside of your groove, no matter how good they clean it, that's there for, like, three to four laps. So sometimes they'll give them three or four caution laps, double them up and run through it. Another thing, you got to be careful not to get too much of it in your radiator. Oh, big time, right? you got uh, cool temperatures, cooler tires, and now throw that in you're gonna have to uh you know be somewhat of a crafty veteran to make it through this and to come out the other end where you want to be and, and that's why you see joe the cars zigzagging back and forth on the caution is to get some more heat back in them tires from sitting and if what happens when the tires sit like that you get marbles that are stuck on the tires and it almost feels like you got a lump in it when you go back green for a couple of laps so it's better to zigzag to try to get the marbles off of them, but for the first couple of laps, it's a pretty bumpy ride. And the other thing with the bumps down in turn one and two, a lot of these cars running on bump stops. And if you ever drove a go-kart, there's no suspension. Well, bump stops is the same thing, so it's a pretty rugged ride. Oh, yeah. Locked right to the racetrack. Uh, remember, if you're in the province of Ontario, uh, don't forget Sunset Speedway in the NASCAR Penny Series, race number one comes up, Sunset Speedway on May the 14th. 
I know Todd Lewis, if you're still keyed in here, you're going to be a busy guy that weekend. Sure am. Looking forward to the start of the NASCAR Pinty season. There's a lot, a lot of activity in the off season. We are going to have very full fields when the when the drivers return in just a couple of weeks in Ontario. They'll be coming back out west this year. There's a new stop in Newfoundland in June. It's going to be a very busy season for the Pinty Series. But, but, the, but that's still a long way away, Joe. We're still, we're still here, and we're only halfway through this this hundred lapper for uh, for the Baker's dozen to finish setting the field for the for the late models for tomorrow, and the 300 laps as part of the Western Rattler. I just came down to have a real close look at that cleanup that was going on in turn numbers one and two. I don't think it's going to matter if you're on the inside or you're on the outside. You're going to be affected by the speedy drives brad was mentioning you're going through it one way or another we'll see how many laps they run them through to try to clean that up but crew did an amazing job getting all that moisture out of the track so now it's up to the drivers to handle it for a lap or two when we go back to green and they are going to go back to green right now as the pace car pulls into the pits corbin thomas mark barrio your front row as they stop on the loud pedal off of four and we are back green barrio gets the jump the thomas gets caught sleeping on the restart but he'll drive it back deep in barrio and thomas side by side down the back stretch through the speedy drive the first time and thomas was able to hold him off barrio still working that outside lane as they go into one and two and through the speedy drive for the second time they do, but Thomas is still there. They go door handle, door handle down the back, not giving an inch. They sent it off into three and four. Barrio deep on the brakes. He's almost going to clear Thomas, but Thomas back to the inside. He's going to get the better run. Oh, sideways. Thomas sideways off of two, loses a little ground to Barrio. Barrio with the run off of four see if Thomas can use his horsepower on the inside of the racetrack, still side-by-side side in a great battle for position. You can see Jeff Cameron pulling into the pits on Shaw Spotlight, but up front, Mark Barrio and Corbin Thomas are going at it, Brad. Thomas rushes up, but he's going to take the lead, lose the lead. Barrio takes it down the back stretch. Finally, after going door handle to door handle for four to five laps, Barrio opens up a two-car lead. Drivers at the front of the field have raced one another for a lot of years. Corbin Thomas pretty well knows what the 27 is going to be doing. At least he thinks he does. 58 laps complete, Brad. They've got company, the 34 Horseways that joined the posse up front, sitting in the third position. Daryl Horwath, he was right behind these guys when they were battling for the second spot. Now, it is for the lead, and once again, he is licking his chops as the uh, top two currently going at it. Tooth and nail up front. And the 56 car lingered has joined the field. They've made the repairs, so he wants to sort it out and see if it's still good for tomorrow. So he'll put down some laps to make sure everything's all right here on that hot rod. There's not much difference between first and second. Maybe two car lines between the 27 of Ariel. And the 19 of Corbin Thomas. Throw the 34 in the mix. And there is your top three. Through all those yellows, I think the 56 of Steve Lingert somehow managed to stay on the lead lap. And he is up into fourth and trying to track down the battle for the top three spots. Currently held by Barrio, Thomas, and Horwath. But Lingert, don't look now, is coming. Oh, yeah, he's got company. Can you 
imagine Brad if the 56 comes back to win this race? What a storyline. Continuing to work their way off at turn number four, 27 of Barrio, the 19 of Thomas. Ooh, looks like maybe some smoke starting to come out of Lingard's car. The 56 coming off at turn number two. There you can see on Shaw Spotlight, the 56 of Lingard is smoking and pulls to the inside of the racetrack. I believe Brad Mack's battery just died in his microphone. Hopefully he's got another one in his pocket. If not, we'll get him one. As the action continues, 66 complete. The 34 car, look at this, right up on the rear deck of Corbett Thomas and looking up the inside, 67 complete. Working their way down the front chute off of four. As there you get a look at Kyle Cottam in the four car on Shaw Spotlight, Jason White right behind him, but side by side for second into three, Horwath. And Thomas down the front straight, and there goes Daryl Horwath in the 34 car to the inside of the 19 of Thomas for second. But there is Mark Barrio in the three and four, and he has a huge lead now. Yeah, he is opening it up, Mark, uh, in the 27. When he does see in the mirror, loving what he sees with the 34 car and the 19 battling it out there for a few laps. Corbin Thomas slows on the racetrack a wee bit, or maybe just lifts it away. He gathers it back up the way. And Mark Barrio is just on a nice Friday evening drive at this point as Corbin Thomas in the 19, who was in second, pulling into the pit. So Thomas, problems for that machine is Kyle Cottam and Jason White running nose to tail and what has become a battle for i believe the third position by virtue of attrition at this point in the race show 73 laps complete what a clinic the 27's putting on right now uh, he's having a really good run at the front of the field he can taste the victory he's got 26 laps saturday night feature to finish this one yeah, is Mark Barrio, a man who has a whole lot of laps around Penticton Speedway, continues to click them off. There's Daryl Horwath in the 34 in second. Jason White to the inside of Kyle Bottom in the three car. The 60 there, Trevor Reiner, lap down in the 60 machine. As there goes the 27 of Mark Barrio through three and four. Down the front chute, Horwath, about half a racetrack at this point behind him. And, oh, we got a spin in turn number three. Ooh, lift it, lift. Oh, man, that was close. The three car of Jason White went for a huge twirl. I jumped back on it. Don't know exactly what happened there, uh, but he got it sorted out and pointed in the right direction, but that was close goal. Jason just uh, got into three, got it sideways, and I think he knew he was spinning it around, so he tried to flat foot it to uh, keep it pointed in the right direction, and unfortunately just sent himself around uh, even quicker than he would have just by himself without getting into the uh, gas. <laughs> I'd say 20, uh, pardon me, 77 laps complete. Uh, I know Brad's working away on uh, get that battery. Uh, the temperature must have been killing the batteries. I'm looking at the uh, codes on here. We're not doing too bad up here. Yes, one, two. Ah, there you go. Welcome back, Brad, man. 
You told me that battery was good for all night, Joe. I can't believe you pulled my leg away out here in B.C. It was. It was good. It was brand new. You sure you didn't get that at the dollar store, buddy? Uh, that one there? That, you'll have to check with producer Sue. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Good. the race time radio budget uh, conversation will continue after this. Uh, after these short words, <laughs> seventy-seven complete. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, when you look at this, uh, good news, bad news, if you want to put it that way. Uh, good news, if you wanted your tires to cool off a little bit for the final dash here. Bad news, if you're the twenty-seven Abario, because he had a monstrous lead that he had uh, really earned. Todd Lewis, I think, is uh, standing by down there. Steve Lingert, who uh, was briefly up to fourth, pulled back into the pits. Todd, as we get ready to go green, but uh, we'll still throw it down to you, Todd. Yeah, we're still back green, and now they're side-by-side side again. We'll see if that 27 can begin to pull away, as he already has from the 34. A car-length lead. It closes up a little bit as they come by the strike. Pulls out once again and showed his strength all night long. Yeah, Mark Barrio with Daryl Horwath, who has worked his way up to second. Only four cars still in the racetrack. Kyle Cottom will join in on the party after ducking into the pits in the four machine. But Mark Barrio out in front in the 27 with the 34 right behind him. And uh, Joe Horwath is sticking right with him here on this restart. That's kind of what he needed. Oh, yeah. He's got 20 laps to get it done, Brad. What do you think? Meanwhile, Barry will lead them down out of turn, about a two-car length back to the 34 Herworth. And Daryl deep on the brakes is Jason White in third, not losing a lap uh, because he brought out his own yellow, but the three-car fittingly in the third spot as the top two continuing to run nose to tail inside of 20 to go when they come off at turn number four. Things have really picked up for the three of Jason White. That car looks a lot better now than it did early in the race. He could have been one of those guys safe and safe. Yeah, and that's just an indication of how the track conditions change, and the race car looks a whole lot better, starting with the sun up here in this 100-lapper, and as the sun goes down, the lights come on, the track cools down, and it becomes an entirely different animal as Daryl Horwath slipping back just a little bit now, about two car lengths behind. Barry Brad as they head down the back straight. Horwath blows it up into one and two, but Barry gets the runoff, so that's where he gains the ground, but Barry gets a big runoff of three and four and puts a two car lane lead in the back. And as they head down the back straight, you notice that Barry kind of running out a little bit. He's not directly down on the white line. He's kind of opened up his line, and so has Horwath. And, uh, Brad, you have to wonder if a little bit more rubber has been laid down uh, as the night has gone on. Well, he's comfortable up on the outside, but I can tell you one thing. Horwath is driving it down deep on the bottom in one and two down here, trying to gain some ground, but then it upsets the race car, and he can't get up off of two. Yeah, Barrio is starting to struggle just a little bit. He had a little bit of a wiggle coming off at two, and Horwath has been able to stick right with him ever since the restart in the number 34 car as they head down the back straight. They're starting to gap Jason White in the three as they head through three and four as Horwath will try and drive it in deep to get that run over the bumps. The 27 is loose. That's why he's running up the racetrack a little better. When you got a loose race car, you got to chase it up the hill. So that's why Burial moved up his line. Meanwhile, Horwitz, when he drives it down deep in the bottom here, one and two, really upsets the car and can't get up off of two. 
just 10 laps to go in this one here. And the pay window opens up for the winner of this one. Mark Barrier has got maybe, just maybe, a car length lead as the 34. Darrell's really running a great race here. And Mark, as uh, Brad mentioned, has really had to open up his line, and that's one of the advantages of the progressive banking through three and four is you're not stuck to trying to run the inside. These guys can explore a little bit, and Barrio is finding some grip outside, Brad, as he's starting to pull a little bit more of a gap on Horowath. He does. Is He's not so loose up on the outside, so he's put about a two or three car length on. He's getting some good grip up there. As you can see, the racetrack getting blacker up higher. That's because there's some rubber stuck down there now, and it's a better groove to run in. That's going to be something tomorrow that will change things up as well with that rubber in the outside of the racetrack. Guys having more options as we come up on five laps to go for Mark Barrio with Daryl Horwath still in hot pursuit. Daryl trying to make that inside lane work, but Mark Barrio just too good so far on the outside as they come off of four. Barrio keeps the lead with about four laps to go. He's got a two-car length lead on Horworth. Now that Horworth's really pushed hard down to one and two. Yeah, Daryl knows that there is $2,500 on the line, and he wants to take that back to the city of Prince George. As Barrio had a bit of a slip-up coming off at two that time, driving it in deep, and Horworth is reeling him in again as they work off of four. Two um, laps to go here in the 100-lapper. Horwath dives it deep in under. He closes a gap. One curlet down the back stretch. Mark Barrio out in front. White flag waves. Horwath tries the inside of him again as they work through one and two. He is right He's there. there. Right there, Brad. Oh, oh Barrio. Up the wall on the back stretch. Big crash. Rolls over. Down in turn three. Barrio on his roof. Mark Barrio got it loose coming off at two, and he tried catching it, got the wall, rode up the wall, hit it again, and then rolls the number 27 machine on its lid on the final lap of the 100-lap qualifier. Barrio upside down, safety team right there as they're going to work and try and get that car back on all fours. There you can see working hard to uh, get a look inside there and make sure that Mark is okay. The good news there with that hit was that it was kind of a glancing blow as we're getting a good view of it uh, on the Shaw Spotlight cam right now. Barrio's car upside down in turn number four as he came off. Uh, I was going to say good news there is that it wasn't a very hard hit into the outside wall, but the car still did ride up the wall, which is how it got up on its lid. Just amazing. Uh, it, it, as the crew goes to work there, uh, you know, that, that car is right upside down here. What an impact. Brad, you've had that happen to you in your pro stock days. Yeah, it's not a very comfortable feeling, Joe. And uh, the trouble with the pro stock cars is that you don't have a lot of room to get out of them uh, when you're upside down. We saw that happen in uh, Prince Edward Island, actually. A guy got upside down and couldn't get out of the car in time. I've been upside down in the sportsman car, went for a wild ride, and <laughs> when you're up in the air and you're rolling around, you think it's all over, and uh, that night I ended up under the guardrail at the Miramichi Speedway, cut the guardrail off, and I was jammed underside, underneath it upside down, but uh, as the fans cheer over there, he's out of the car, he's okay, but they'll have some major work as that car rode up on the wall, 
and that's not good on the suspension parts. Yeah, we're getting a view here on Shaw Spotlight. We saw Mark uh, out of the race car making his way down the banking. And uh, Todd Lewis, are you over there and uh, maybe you can get a glimpse, better glimpse of what's going on? Yeah, that's a, a big cleanup that's going to have to take place right now. And as you mentioned, there is an awful lot of work that's going to take place on that car. I don't know that they're going to be able to get it prepared and repaired overnight. It's going to take us a little time to get this car flipped back over before we can get to the uh, street stock feature that's going to come up. But it was great to see Mark Barrio climb out of that car. And understandably, when you have such a ride where the back end gets loose, you get up on the wall, you ride around, and the car rolls over, it's going to take you a second or two to get your bearings once again. It's the it's the disbelief almost that you're feeling as you're dangling upside down in that car. And it takes you a second to get your bearings and get yourself righted. As you mentioned, the safety team was out here right away, got it, uh, got to the attention of Mark Barrio, and managed to wiggle it around, wiggle him around, so that he could find his way out and come back out on under his own power, which is, of course, the best thing that we want to see right now. Just amazing. Uh, coming through turns three, four, he climbs the wall uh, on the entrance to turn three, uh, coming to the checkered flag. Uh, that that that's called a bad day. Yeah, and it's, uh, it took him to the final lap, and that was just Mark's kind of determination. He had it almost saved once he rode up the wall uh, on the back straight, and it's almost like Mark tried to get it pointed in the right direction since he realized Daryl was uh, still beside him at that point uh, and then kind of lost it again over towards turn number three and four and just kind of out of the camera shot in the, the uh, Shaw broadcast. You can see a, a tire mark over there in turn number three that is pretty much almost up to the catch fence from where that car rode up the wall. So very tough break there for Mark Barrio on the last lap of this one. We'll wait to see, Joe, I think with the amount of cleanup time that it's going to take, plus the fact that there are three cars left in the race, they might just uh, call this one or go back to the last lap completed under green, but we'll wait for... Official word on that from the Penticton Speedway officials. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I wouldn't want to have to make that call. Uh, you can bet that the uh, guys in those race cars are going, hey, come on, uh, that green flag has to come back out. Uh, Brad, tough, tough ride for the 27 of Ariel. It was, Joe. And, uh, you know, you look back, the 56 was running away with this race, and he had some bad luck. So uh, just when you think you just about got the, the cash in hand, you never know. It's never over till it's over. Down in turn two, coming off a of two, and Har Horworth had got underneath him. And they were pretty side-by-side side going down the backstretch. But he got up into the wall, and it bounced off the wall, and he tried to correct it. And once the wheel got up on the wall, or he was just along for the ride. He probably halfway down the backstretch. That car was two wheels on the track, two wheels on the, on the wall going down. Okay, we're going to step out, take a quick break here on Race Time Radio. We will be back live from Penticton Speedway. It's the Western Rattler 300 Super Weekend. Oh, I know. It goes asphalt's racing on dirt for plant potatoes. <laughs> but I ain't saying that. <laughs> you already did. Rattlesnake Speedway, Canadian Sports Trivia, here's Joe Thistle. Nova Scotia's Colleen Jones led her team to two World Curling Championships and won the Tournament of Hearts six times. In 1979, at just 19, she won her first of 16 Nova Scotia titles. And in 82, at 22, she won the Canadian women's title. 
In all, Colleen Jones appeared in a record 21 Canadian championships. Canadian Sports Trivia. It's back. The May long weekend tradition returns to Canada's legendary home of motorsport with the Custrel Victoria Day Speed Fest May 20th to 22nd at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park. Featuring the NASCAR Pinty Series and the eBay Motors 200, it's a Canadian showcase of racing action with the FEL Sports Car Championship, M-Zone Radical Cup, Nissan Centra Cup, and the Super Production Challenge. Take in the excitement in the Canadian Tire Fun Zone and the CTMP Marketplace. Go to CanadianTireMotorsportPark.com for tickets and more info. After two years of silence at Riverside International Speedway, not no more. The IWK 250 Super Weekend is on July 21st through the 23rd. Everything kicks off Thursday night. July 21st with a popular tailgate party. Then on Friday night, it's the Henry's Auto Pro Sportsman 100 and Legends. Then on Saturday, Canada's ultimate short track race, the IWK 250 July 23rd. Featuring the stars of the East Coast International Pro Stock Tour, plus a pile more from across Canada and the U.S. For camping and tickets, get to RiversideSpeedway.ca or join us live worldwide on RacetimeRadio.com. It's the IWK 250 presented by Steve Lewis. July 21st through the 23rd. Rev TV, your motorsports and automotive destination. Watch live races from around the world and right here at home from two wheels to four and so much more. Rev TV is your source for motorsports. Rev TV features exclusive race series, up-to-date news coverage, documentaries, how-to programs, and adrenaline-filled lifestyle programs 24-7. Go green with Rev TV. Contact your TV provider to order. Now, a flashback in Canadian music history. Here's Eric Elper. Rush holds a special place in our hearts and in the record books. They've sold more than 40 million copies around the world. They have a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and officers of the Order of Canada. And they've released 24 gold records and 14 platinum albums, placing them fifth for the most consecutive gold or platinum studio albums by any rock band. The wait is over. Join us live at Penticton Speedway in beautiful British Columbia. Friday, April 29th and Saturday, April 30th for the first ever Western Rattler 300 weekend. It's the best Super and Pro Label teams from Western Canada, plus invaders from the U.S. and Ontario, Alberta, Saskatchewan, and more. It's Canada's richest spring short track race weekend. And it's all live, flag to flag, worldwide on racetimeradio.com. Canadian short track history will be made in the Street Stock 100 and a Super Pro Late Model Western Rattler 300. The green flag flies both nights at 7 p.m. Who will be Canada's first big race winner? Tune in live and find out. For tickets and event info, get to PentictonSpeedway.com. Everybody have a safe one. From the high banks of Daytona. Ooh, that's gonna leave a mark. Hey, shake and bake, Cal! Woo! Shake and bake! Here on Race Time Radio.
And welcome back, everyone, to Race Time Radio live from Penticton Speedway. Man, oh, man, have we got one for you here tonight. Uh, 99 laps complete of the Venom 100 and the 27 car. Mark Barrio leading the race, coming to the checkered flag, coming into turn three. Of course, not getting the checkered flag, but on his way to it, he was snake bit. There, Brad Mann, the 27 car, right over on his lid. Mark's fine, uh, but the car's not so good. No, they'll have a lot of work to do to that, Joe, but the nice thing was the way the racetrack flipped the car back over so it didn't do a lot of damage when they turned it back over by having the right piece of equipment here. So, But the suspension work on that, and did you bend the front clip? You don't know till you get to look at it, but they got a long night ahead of them if they're going to get that thing ready for tomorrow. Pretty scary looking, Todd Lewis. Uh, when you see a car go over like that, and really I'm seeing it on the rollback right now, other than the rear damage from this side, the car doesn't really look too bad. Yeah, but there's a lot of work underneath that body work that's going to have to be done. I just joked with Mark Barrio. I said, I don't think you're racing that car tomorrow. And Mark, I, I think you might agree with me on that one. Yeah, I think I might have to agree on that one for sure. It's too bad. The boys put, uh, put a lot of hours in that car the last few weeks here. It's uh, sad to do that to them. The best thing is, though, to see you climb out of that car. So I'm going to get you to try and relive that moment for us. Take me through what that ride was like and how it got away from you. Well, we knew the car was having some handling issues there near the end. I was just trying to hang on. Being the last lap, I thought we would be okay. And we got loose coming out of out of two there, and I corrected for it. But then the car just kind of seemed to turn up to the wall, and I don't know I don't know if something broke or what, but we just got into the wall, and once it got to the wall, it just it kind of ripped the uh, the steering wheel right in my hand, and uh, I went along for the ride for a little bit there. So, Smile on your face, though. It's good. Uh, I got some bad news, though, is that Trevor Siebert has a can of white painted paintbrush for you to clean up that wall. Well, like I was just saying, uh, saying earlier, it might be therapeutic to come up and paint the wall for a while, a little quiet time. Glad to see you're okay. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, we're all good. Thanks, guys. Tough, tough run for the 27. Such a race going, too. You know, I think back, Brad, man, early in this race, and the 56 car had the lead. He was taken off. Uh, you know, the 19 of Corbin Thomas was coming. I kind of, it kind of looked like the 27 was fading back. I didn't know if he would have what it was that he's going to need to get to the front. Lo and behold, the end part of the race, the last, I don't know, 30, 40 laps, the 27 car was the car to beat here tonight. It was, Joe, but it's never really over till it's over, and it's tore up bad. I just got a glimpse of the left front. The, the wheels folded right in under it, but uh, they got some major, major work, and I'd, I'd be awful shocked if we saw that car in the racetrack tomorrow. Oh, big time. But you uh, you know what? I've, I've heard it a million times. Driver dejected. No, we're probably not going to be racing this car. You watch. Uh, they got a bunch of crafty veterans on that crew, too. You never know. I know you're saying, uh, and it is, it's damaged, uh, heavy duty, but uh, it's amazing what a couple hours uh, later will do. The team will get energized and everybody will get back to it. I often told you, Joe, there's one thing about this sport. Other team sports you play, nobody's going to lend you nothing. But I'm going to tell you, in the racing world, you race hard against the guy out there, but inside these walls in the pit, it's a big family. And every team would give that guy whatever part he needed to get that car back out in the racetrack. And I've often said it, it's the only sport that you'd ever see that. 
You'd never lend a guy a pair of skates to play hockey or lend him your hockey stick. But in racing, it's a big family in here. And if it's at all possible, they will help him out and get him back out there tomorrow. Well, if there was any question on whether this race was going to complete under caution, uh, not so. Uh, this one will go back under the green flag as the uh, four cars that are left in this one are circulating around the speedway behind the Penticton Camaro pace car. Um, they're going to go back under the green flag. This is going to be a classic green-white checker. And I might add, the number three car of Jason White is going to start in second spot on the high side of the racetrack, the 34. Uh, Daryl Harwath has really got a good car under him. And uh, it's anybody's game here. This is going to be uh, a real duel to the end. Um, 99 laps complete. We're going to do a green-white checker, Brad. Don't count out the third and fourth place card till this thing's all done, Joe. They take the green. Horworth gets a jump on Jason White. Jason White will drive it in deep on the outside. Horworth will pull him back off the backstretch, going down the backstretch. And a three and four. Daryl Horwath out in front as the white flag waves. He's already seen this once before, as has... The rest of the field as they head down the back straight one final time. White trying to take a peek to the outside. In a three, here comes White with one last charge, but it's Horwath on the outside that gets the win. Jason White definitely looked up the inside, and the 34 car left in the lane. Uh, he just about snuck up in there, but a good job. Daryl did an amazing job with the 34. He's going to be one happy guy, and I know we'll get words with him with Todd Lewis. Daryl rolling into victory lane down there for the folks here at Penticton Speedway. And I know the crew from up in Prince George is going to be very happy with a $2,500 check and uh, getting the win here in this 100-lap qualifier. As Todd Lewis making his way over to victory lane. Jason White finishing in second in the number three machine. Hey, that $2,500 is going to go a long way for the tire budget, fuel, travel, the crew. You name it. Uh, they're going to use it up. All right, let's go down to Todd Lewis with the happy winner and the happy crew. And it is a happy crew that was banging on the roof of that car even before Daryl can get out of it and get the helmet off. But uh, the smile is clearly visible after taking that checkered flag. We're going to let him get it unbuckled and get out of the car. Climb out here and celebrate the first victory here tonight at Penticton Speedway. And Daryl Horwath is climbing out and going to celebrate. Turn around and wave to the crowd and say thanks. Jason White, the first to come over and congratulate him. Daryl, you had to wait for a little bit before that uh, cleanup to come through, but then you had it uh, a couple of quick laps here around the speedway. You were pretty quick tonight. Uh, yeah, we had a better car in the long run. Uh, took about five, ten laps to get it to come to two, but after that, I think the guys went off and we come on and we started chasing them down and we're sitting in victory lane. And you'll get a big check in just a second, but what else did you learn tonight that you'll be able to take into tomorrow night's race? Uh, <laughs> not much. We were trying to decipher if we're going to give it our all tonight or if we're going to try and play it out as the as the race tomorrow where we're going to have to save our tires for the last 50 but we got out there we started moving up and we said hell 
Let's go to the front. <laughs> Never hurts to get a winner's check. Congratulations, Daryl Horwath. Thank you. Yeah, very happy man down there, and uh, just indicative, uh, guys, of how even this race means a lot when it pays more to win than uh, most races on the West Card Tour. I think it's the third highest paying race on the West Coast behind uh, the Western Rattler 300 and the Canada 200. So a uh, big deal there for Daryl parking that thing in victory lane. A hundred laps tonight, you can bet the crew would have been uh, recording absolutely everything, trying to get as much data as they possibly can for tomorrow night's Western Rattler 300. Uh, look what they learned tonight, Brad, compared to the guys that have got the cars covered up. Well, Joe, it really depends. They have learned something that later in the race when the track cools off and some rubber gets up on the outside, that you can make some ground out there. But track temperature tomorrow could throw all that out the window. If it, if we get some rain in the morning, washes the rubber off the track, we got a green track tomorrow to come back to. So temperature, uh, you and I looked at the forecast, supposed to be maybe 12 degrees tomorrow night. Certainly not 12 degrees here tonight, that's for sure. No, not at all. Uh, a little bit chilly, but uh, like I say, those cars are quick, Cole. They are quick and they are dialed in. It'll be uh, interesting to see how the street stocks handle it. Of course, the street stocks aren't on a full slick. They have a bit of a treaded tire here for American Racer, a little bit of a smaller tire. But uh, still with this track tightening up, these things should be on rails tonight. And a couple of fast cars starting up at the front. I see Ellie Dunseeth looks like she's lining up on pole for the street stock race in the 31 miles Bolio on her outside. Joe Cornette Ching, who we saw kind of mixing things up in the 36 car in one of his heat races, he's starting up in the third spot on the inside of row number two. So if Joe can get some track position, it'll be interesting to see if he can stretch his legs. Same thing for Ellie, who had a tough heat race with a spin in the heat. She will be on pole, and she was dialed in and hot lapped. So if Ellie can you know, parlay this track position into something good, well, uh, we are yet to see, and we have 100 laps to find out. Absolutely. Patience will be virtue, Brad, in this next race. Street stocks uh, are going to come trackside here shortly. It certainly will, Joe, and you'll have to pace yourself. It's 100 laps, and they'll be all bunched up when they start. But you got, as you can see from the last race we just witnessed, you got to be around at the end to win it. So... Being patient when they first start like this will be a big deal and keep the fenders on it and maybe save your car for the last 40, 30 laps because I'm sure the field will be weeded out a little bit with some troubles and the odd caution here or there. So it's always good to be patient. The paychecks on lap 100, not lap 50. Todd, how about that uh, Jason White dude? Does he? Uh, let's get a quick word with Jay. He had a good uh, seat. For that race. Jay's trying to decide if he finished second or third, and they're trying to decide if he finished second or third. Well, how about a podium finish, Jay? Will that suffice? You know, it's all good. I mean, it's the survival of the fittest right tonight. <laughs> so uh, we just had a lot of fun, and uh, hopefully tomorrow we can keep the, the doors on it. I think it's going to be quite a race tomorrow with 24 cars on the track, but uh, we'll uh, just come out and have fun. It's just great to have fans here at the racetrack, and, and uh, thanks so much to the Siebert Group for uh, rebuilding this facility and giving us a place to race in the Okanagan, and uh, yeah, just take it and we'll go from there. Seemed like you did learn a few things because your car did get better as the night went along. 
Oh, I wasn't getting up in the middle of that. I noticed right off the bat. I mean, I had a couple things might happen myself. I, I got into the wall there and spun myself out, but uh, I wasn't getting up into the melee. But at the end, my, my, my tires had 150 laps on them uh, from practice and, and the 100-lap race. So um, I was just seeing what the car was going to do. I was moving around a little bit. Then when there was only four or five of us, I thought, well, let's go see what we can get at, uh, you know, lap 150 on those tires. So, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll go from there and have some fun tomorrow. Have a fun night. Do it yeah. again tomorrow. Thanks, Todd. All right, that's Jason White, who did finish on the podium. So cool. I'm used to seeing Jason in my backyard. Man, I'm in his backyard. Uh, kind of cool to be out here in Penticton, B.C. Still one more big race to come tonight, Colt. Uh, this is going to be an exciting one. This will be an exciting one for 100 laps. If uh, anything we witnessed from even the qualifying race for the late models was exciting. So put 20-plus uh, street stocks on the racetrack at the same time, all battling for uh, $2,000 here in the Venom 100. And there should be some fireworks at some point with somebody getting into somebody. It always happens that way or always seems to happen that way. We'll just see who it happens to and who comes out on top at the end of this 100-lap affair here for the Venom 100. And, of course, tomorrow night, we can't stress this enough, 300 laps of action. You need to come back to Penticton Speedway. If you're heading out a little bit early trying to regain some feeling in your fingers, if you've got past that point already at the racetrack and are sticking around for the street stock race, which we encourage everybody to do, uh, definitely one you want to mark down for tomorrow night with the Western Rattler 300. Oh, you don't want to miss it. I can guarantee that. Bradman? This is going to get real for these street stocks. They've been waiting all day for this one. It's a big deal, and it's a big deal for an under-lap race for these guys, and obviously the paycheck's good on the wall. So, Joe, like I said earlier, a lot of different configurations, a lot of different combinations, but it should be a good one. That is the unique thing, Joe. I'm sorry to step in there at the last second, but uh, it is the unique thing about street stock racing in BC, and you've seen it firsthand. There's, uh, like we said, almost a uh, sportsman car, like some of the West Car Legal late models with leaf springs in them. And then you got the traditional steel body cars all mixed together. And the racing that we saw, everybody's pretty closely matched. It is. It is, Cole. Good point. And uh, you're going to see it, too, as the race develops. Uh, you know, you're going to see maybe comers and goers. The same guys that were coming at the beginning, maybe the goers later on. Now, I was saying that it uh, looks like Ellie Dunsey is going to be on the front row. looks like they uh, switched things up. They had the outside lanes going first, then the inside lane will go, and they'll mix in side by side from there. So, the 18, Miles Bolio will be on the front row. And Miles, his dad Chris, is in the 91 car, who we saw get a heat race win. And his grandpa Jason is uh, Victoria Auto Racing Hall of Fame. I mentioned he ran uh, down at Bristol for the Dirt Nationals, won in uh, IMCA modified competition down there against some stacked competition. So Miles, no stranger to racing and plenty of help behind him when, and especially when you're a young guy like this, it has to pay dividends. Uh, Brad, I can imagine if you had somebody with that much experience helping you out when you got into racing, that would have been a big help. It would have been when I started. I, I was selling auto parts. I knew all about the parts, but somebody had told me to put a rear end together or build a motor. I would have looked at them and told them they were crazy, but you learn in a hurry. And uh, I was fortunate enough a couple years in, uh, I had a good friend of mine that was racing and decided to stop, and he was very sharp in mechanics, and uh, I had a couple of good chassis guys with me. So it was a big help, and... You can never get enough help with this, and uh, 
you can't buy experience. A hundred laps for street stocks is pretty well the outside limit, I would think. Now, we have seen some that are a little bit longer than a hundred, but Brad, a hundred laps in a street stock is uh, it's, it's right up there, right against... Uh, you know, one of the longer races you're going to run in a street stock. It is, Joe, and you got to realize, like, suspension on these street stock cars, it's your stock stuff. And we already got some trouble here in the front stretch as the 9 car has lost the wheel. It's rolling down the racetrack. The left rear wheel has fell off it on the pace rack. So a little bit of trouble before we get going here. But the 9 car is missing one wheel early. Better now than... Uh couple laps from now you go for a ride just like Bart did moments ago now he didn't lose a wheel he probably lost a race car though yeah he yeah did. Go the, ahead. oh thanks Brad yeah the uh, the race car is a lot more expensive than the wheel but uh, and Brad I think you have experience with that as well yeah I do these things are worth a lot of money and uh, no matter whether it's a street stock or it's a sportsman uh, you never want to get it smashed up because it costs a lot to fix them. And it's, it's always funny because when you get in a bad wreck, they say, are you okay? And you're like, I'm fine, but how bad is the car? We've seen that a few times uh, over the years out here on the West Coast as well, as I'm sure all the listeners and viewers on the East Coast. Lyle McComer uh, in the number nine from up north here in B.C. is a regular at Heights Speedway in, uh, in Alberta and Lyle losing the left rear wheel complete with rim on the pace lap in the number nine as the flat deck's going to get into position there and get lyle's car brought back to the pits and lyle was actually one of the quick qualifiers tonight so a very tough break for uh, for the number nine absolutely i would imagine ian Burgess has got to be around here somewhere either that or he's tuned in i can guarantee it that height speedway uh, watch some really cool coverage on Rev TV Canada through the course of the summer. Uh, good time to remind everybody, uh, if you're from a local racetrack and you get some footage, you want to see your Speedway featured on Rev TV Canada, they are accepting submissions right now for the All North programming and uh, features Canadian racetracks. It's for Canada grassroots racing uh check it out at revtv.ca and uh height speedway was as you're mentioning joe one of those uh, racetracks that took on that uh all north racing and there's a big free element you just have to put together the broadcast and then rev takes care of all the editing and everything else and uh depending on how you want everything to sort out so rev stepping up big time to uh get canadian short track racing on tv that's kind of what happened here this weekend with rev's uh, special presentation of all north racing live from the western rattler 300 out here at penticton speedway as the number nine car lyle mccomer gets loaded up on the back of the flat deck well we just seen brad man i just seen it today actually from the uh, east coast international pro stock tour couple of their races are going to be on rev tv this year well that's a good deal joe uh to get the coverage through the maritimes and uh i'm sure uh to be uh, exciting for the fans if you're subscribed and you have that program uh, nine car more than lost a wheel they're putting some speedy dry down i would have to say that maybe the left rear axle come out of that race car because if he just lost a the wheel they would not be putting speedy dry down on the bottom of that racetrack 
And that's what I was kind of meaning better now than in a couple of laps from now. Um, Brad, just explain for the listeners how an axle can come out. Well, a lot of these cars run a Ford 9-inch, so uh, they break off. They can break off right at the flange, or they may break inside and pull out. In this case, I would say it broke at the flange because it didn't look like there was an axle attached to the wheel that was rolling down the racetrack. So uh, if they got a Chevrolet end in, it's the same thing. It can break right off at the flange. And the trouble is, is that the rear end has gear oil down the tubes also to lubricate those bearings. So that's why you see them putting the speedy dry down. And there's nothing harder to get rid of than ADW90 gear oil, that's for sure. Exactly. Pretty amazing, you know, uh, that little horseshoe uh, that comes in those rear ends. I know back in the older days of street stock racing, uh, we allowed guys to weld them in so that, you know, the axles didn't fly out. It used to commonly happen. Well, we used to call it, Joe, we used to call it the mirror machine lockup in our sportsman cars back in them days, and we'd, we'd weld the side gears so that we had to lock rear end in the car, but you couldn't get the 373 gears you wanted. You could only get them out of a Camaro, and Camaros were becoming scarce back in the 80s. So 373 gears always came in a truck rear end, so I had a pretty crafty crew chief. We decided to get a truck rear end and cut the axles off an over rear end and put it together with a collar in the middle, and then you could run the Nova axles, but you had the right gear ratio. Imagine that, Brad, man. You guys being inventive. <laughs> I can well imagine there's a lot of tricks to this trade that you won't even tell today, I bet. Well, Joe, I can tell you that. In New Brunswick, they rewrote the sportsman rule book around our 35 Pennzoil car every week. The last rule in the rule book, the owner of the track has the rights and reserve to change the rules at every time. And we usually got handed a piece of paper every week on the way out of Riverglade Speedway not to come back with what we had. It was always not in the rules we couldn't have it. So racing, if there's a gray area, they take it. But uh, I could point out 10 or 15 rules in New Brunswick and sportsman cars where all because of that Pennzoil car of ours. And we uh, got a look on the, uh, for those watching on Shaw Spotlight, we got a look at uh, Lyle's car, and there's a close-up kind of of that left rear of Lyle McComer's machine, and uh, I saw one of the crew guys beside it with, uh, with an axle in hand, so that's exactly what happened to Lyle, which, Joe, you mentioned, fortunately didn't happen going into turn one with the entire field behind them. That would have been uh, way more expensive. Oh, that would have been a bad day for the nine as well. Uh, and it happens. It happens in this sport. Uh, you know, the crews do a great job, and they all have great intentions. Little stuff like that that can turn into big stuff, Bradman. It certainly can, and Joe, uh, I know it's bad luck for the nine car, but it's good luck it happened on the pace lap that had happened during the race could have took out four or five other cars beside his own well yeah the nine yeah he's shy an axle but he's still got the rest of the car and that's probably a real good thing as we are at penticton speedway not a lap has been run yet in the street stock race we were just getting ready to go and the wheel jumped off the nine car so we are going to rack them, get them set, and uh, we're going to rock and roll here tonight at Penticton. Joe, how about that one car, Baran? It's got park lights in the front and taillights in the back window. I never saw that before. <laughs> Look at that when it rolls by the, 
the front stand. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I don't know if they're hooked up to the brake pedal or not, but he's certainly got two red lights in the back window. Yeah, Scott just rolling into, uh, for those at the racetrack, just rolling into uh, turn number three right now. Scott, one of the competitors from uh, in Saskatchewan on the prairies that made the tow here in the number one machine. And he definitely has the uh, little tiny headlights and the little tiny taillights out the back. So everybody with their own little tweaks and own little signature things on these race cars. Well... The Canadian Vintage Modifies it used to be called the Hobby Club. They run in Ontario. They would run down into Michigan, Berlin Speedway, and a bunch of them down there. If you were to see inside one of those uh, Canadian Vintage Modifieds, a lot of guys running a big light on the dash. And they did that back in the day. So they knew if the car was actually running for us. Yeah, I saw that, Joe. They used to have the big red light up on the dash around single clearance light that they'd see but over the years with the new stuff out now you get a red light inside the car and your toggle switch when you start it so but everybody has the different ideas different strokes for different folks whatever works go with it and what we're seeing now is there's a little bit more speedy drive being put down as uh, we're getting a look at the drone shot here on Shaw Spotlight, the Speedy Dry line starts at the start-finish line and then goes all the way on the inside through one and two. So if you're wondering what the uh, holdup is after uh, Lyle's uh, number nine machine was cleared off the racetrack, uh, just putting down a little bit more Speedy Dry to try and get that cleared up and the track officials and volunteers working hard in one and two to uh, get everything sweeped up so that we can go green in this one. And these guys have run probably, what, 20 laps under yellow? you got to wonder if they packed enough fuel into these things now with a 100-lap race ahead of them. You know, we've seen a few pro stock tour races out on the East Coast. And oh, when uh, uh, they went from 100 laps to 150, uh, it made a big difference. Uh, you know, we ran a bunch of cautions. Brad, you'll remember that race where uh, guys were coming to the short strokes, the last final laps, and we started losing cars. Well, the thing was, Joe, is that as the fuel cells come out later on in the years, you could get 15-gallon ones instead of 20 or 22-gallon ones. And, of course, your fuel cells up. you got a certain height to have it in the car. It's got to be 8 inches off the ground back east. And you didn't want to carry that extra weight out back. So they went to the smaller tanks. So then that's when you got in trouble with the fuel mileage and the cautions. So then when we went with the 150-lap features, well, everybody had to go back to the big fuel cell. As the cars circulate around here at Penticton Speedway, we are going to get under the green flag. I can't imagine it's going to be too much longer as the field is all behind a beautiful Penticton Camaro. Canary yellow. I had a Trans Am 1976. That was the same color as that car. Yeah, the guys at Penticton Speedway and Avion Motorsports know how to make a beautiful facility as well as the beautiful pace car as well. It goes hand in hand, and everything's yellow. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Everything matches the color scheme. It sure does. And trust me, uh, if you've never been out to see an RS1 race out here in BC, you're going to want to do that at some point. Uh, beautiful looking race cars, lots on display here at the Speedway. Avion Motorsports, Allen and all those guys do a great job preparing those cars. What a series. Uh, you've probably been out to quite a few of them. 
I've actually, uh, actually during COVID they ran a race. I was uh, up with David Smith and the Shockwave gang when they were testing one of their Trans Am Series cars at Area 27, and they were out on the uh, Thursday having one of their races, so I got to watch that, as well as most people maybe checking in on Rev TV with their All North Racing. Uh, they had two races last year, RS1 races, one at uh, Area 27 and one in Penticton. So, uh, yeah, definitely a great series, and they have some of these cars down uh, where the broadcast booth is actually set up for those of you at the track listening in to the uh, Race Time radio feed uh, that uh, you can go down and have a look at. And the cool thing is they have a passenger seat for ride days and demo days, so you can actually experience what it's like to be in one of these RS1 cars. Andrew Ranger was the champion last year here in the RS1 Tour. Uh, awesome to see Andrew. What a talented race car driver. J.R. Fitzpatrick also, I believe, was out for a race weekend. And they, don't forget, Joe, have their Super Seal Mission Martinsville deal up for the champion That's this right. year. That's where if you win the RS1 championship in the uh, the big league division, I think it's a challenge series, you get a paid-for ride in an NASCAR Camping World Truck Series truck at Martinsville. So how cool is that? Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, again, these guys out here in BC, uh, just, you know, they keep raising the bar each and every uh, season, and it's kind of cool. As the starter indicates to the field that he wants them doubled up, we're going to go racing. It is a good sign when the starter motions to the field to get doubled up. As Miles Bolio in the 18 and the 54 of Bob Riker making up your front row. Ryan Willison, the 41 on the inside of row number two with Corey McGivern on the outside, the 37 pace car is in, and we are going to get the chance to go racing off at turn number four. We're green for 100 laps in the Venom 100. Riker gets the big jump on Bolio. He takes the lead early going down into one and two. Reichert out in front. We got one car way up, and that's Brendan Moore, the 16 car around in one and two. And the yellow comes out on lap number one. So we didn't even get the race under green before we had our first long delay with the yellow. And now in the first turn, we have the 16 car, Brendan Moore, spinning out. So still 100 laps to run in this one. Brad, did you uh, catch maybe the tail end of what was going on down there in turn number one and two? 16 just spun on his own and then uh, he fired up. The pace truck went out to help him out, but he got it going on his own, so he'll have to go to the tail of the field. And the field once again, familiar sight, will cycle around under yellow again. The uh, 54 machine, Bob Reichert. We'll lead them to the green for attempt number two at going green for the 100-lap affair here in the Venom 100. I don't know if they'll do a complete restart, but that's not the way they're lined up now. I don't believe they got a lap completed, did they, guys? I don't think they did, and they would need the entire field to do so. The caution coming out as the field entering three and four, so we will uh, see if it is indeed a complete restart, and the message will be relayed to the drivers that they need to get into their original starting position. It doesn't look like it's going to be a complete restart. Nope. <laughs> so the field getting told to bunch up 
into two by two formation. And the number 37 machine, Cody McGiverin, is now going to be on the outside of the 54 of Bob Reichert. Miles Bolio on the inside of row number two with Ryan Willison on the outside. Scott Barand in the one car on the inside of row three off of turn number four. Let's try this again. We are green in the Venom 100. Rinkert gets a big start. Bolio settles back. He's rolled back to fourth, but up on the outside, the 37 tries to get away from Rinkert. McGiverin and the 54 of Reichert side-by-side side for the race lead as they come off at turn number four through one and two. McGiverin on the outside trying to gain some ground. Reinkert on the bottom. Reinkert will have the edge going down the back stretch. Bob Reichert clear for the race lead. McGiverin back to second. Ryan Willison is up into third as the number 71 to the inside of the 34 car. Rinkert will lead them down the back stretch as they single out back further in the field. It's still double file racing. There's a whole lot of cars back behind the 34 machine of Wayne Osborne as that portion of the field has not sorted itself out. But back up in front, Bob Reichert is leading the way and pulling away. Ryan Willison getting to the inside of Cody McGiverin for the second spot. Willison will drive it deep down into the bottom. He'll look to take that spot. They'll go door handle to door handle down the back stretch. Willison in his first start in a street stock, having a strong showing so far as he's up to second in the number 41, the Orange Machine. Now there's a company with the 71 looking to take over the third spot. He will on the backstretch. Nick Hasty, the 71 car out of Barrier, BC, on the inside. And McGiverin for third as they come down the front chute. And then Hasty will take that spot away from McGiverin. McGiverin will follow back into fourth. Up into the fifth spot, the 34 car, Wayne Osborne from Saskatchewan now, trying to take a look to the inside of McGiverin in the 37. McGiverin trying to hold on to that spot. They touch, coming off a two. Osborne will take it away from him. The top five, single file, a little some gapping, and then Mandel Anderson are trapping them side by side. Osborne into the fourth now as he tries to close up the gap to the third. The 54 dealing with lap traffic as they work their way into one and two, and that has allowed Ryan Willison in the 41 car to close right up in on the 54 of Bob Reichert. Now Willison looking to the outside as they come off of four Brad. Williston going after Reichert on the outside. Williston has an edge. Breaker pulls back on the bottom, down the back. Willison with the run around the outside of Riker, but Riker taking the short way around and keeping him at bay so far. They're side by side through one and two again. Not given an inch. Finally, Riker to pull up off the bottom on him. Great battle up front, Joe, so far. That 41 car is going to start looking on Meanwhile, Willison will stay up on the outside. He's not giving up on Rinkert yet. Rinkert pulls a little bit off the bottom. Got a glimpse on Shaw at the back end of the field. Still a lot of battles, but up in front. Just showing you how you can run two distinct lines here at Penticton Speedway. Ryan Willison still picking away on the outside of Rinkert. Willison still hanging tight. The caution's out on the speedway as the 67 is spun around in turn one. 
You can see a flat right rear tire for Billy Coles and a big donut mark as Billy had worked his way up inside of the top 10 and a tough break for tonight's quick qualifier. Yeah, sure is. 13 laps complete of tonight's 100 final race of the night. It is the Venom 100. This time around, I'll get it right one of these times. This is the Venom 100. And uh, Brad, side by side for what, seven, eight laps. The leaders, uh, just amazing racing. It is, and a lot of respect, Joe. Uh, they're running door handle to door handle, but they're not bumping and shoving. They're, you know, they're, they're not giving each other a lot of room, but they're not sparks coming off of them yet. So uh, it's real good racing when you go seven laps side by side here uh, early in the race like that. And Billy Coles has ducked his way into the pits immediately. His crew is going to uh, get to work servicing. The right side of the number 67 machine. You can get a brief peek of that with the drone cam as the field continuing to cycle around under yellow with Bob Reichert out in front of the 54 car as uh, Todd had his interview with him uh, after the heat race. Bob with plenty of experience of getting around here at Penticton Speedway and Ryan Willison, 41 there, is on... The Shaw Spotlight, you can see the work going on on Billy Coles' number 67 machine. And Billy bringing in a pretty advanced street stock this year. They did a lot of work to that new car in the offseason, and uh, the crew taking their time to make sure that all five lug nuts are on tight on that number 67 and getting him back out onto the racetrack. The only trouble with getting a new right rear or left rear at this point of the race is do you have the same stagger as you had when you started? Now you got one tire heated up and you got one coal. So sometimes it can cause havoc to get the stagger back in the car, which helps make the car turn. So I'll be interested to see how the 67 handles with one new tire on. How many times, Brad Man, have we been calling races? We'll get a halfway break, whatever. Guys will change tires. And the old tires that they just took off were probably better than the brand new stickers they just put on from a matching standpoint. You do, Joe. You always have one set better than the other, so it's always set one, set two, so you got to decide you want the better set for the last half or the first half in the big races, and it's just the way it goes. Well, the are in. Here we go, yeah, I was going to say that uh, it was a little bit of a ragtag start as Ryan Willison was still on the inside when he should have been on the outside exactly. of the 54 car, and that really caused a little bit of a stack up behind him. Meanwhile, Williston putting a bumper to Rankard in the corner. Bumper to bumper, now they pull down the backstretch. 54 car out in front, Rankard leading the way, the 71 of Nick Hasty side-by-side side with the 34 car of Wayne Osborne as they go through one and two. Osborne trying to close the gap, but he washes up the racetrack. He's got company. Bob Reichert out in front, Hattie in the 71 on the inside of Osborne, and they are two-by-two, two, pretty much for six rows behind them. It looks like the Williston car's gone away a little bit, or maybe he's just riding along. Saving his tires and keeping Rankard in his sight. Bob Rankard out in front. Willis and kind of settling into a race pace. Rolled Hagdorn in the 
2R from Quinnell working the inside is Paul Duran getting around the outside of him and the Chevelle. The X Machine as they work their way off to turn number four. Duran up to fourth and on the move. Duran and the X Machine's looking at the third position. He's motoring up through. Meanwhile, Osborne will wash back the sixth. The 41 car goal, you can see him loosening up. Yeah, Ryan Willison, who is right with Reichert, is starting to fade a little bit as Paul Turan now to the inside of the 71 of Nick Hasty for the third spot. Hasty almost got a piece of the outside wall with Turan as Turan is waiting this thing. No time, Brad, getting to the front. Meanwhile, Turan takes over that third spot, and he looks like he's motored to chase down that second-place car. Both four car lines in between the top three. Down the back straight they go. Riker closing in on Miles Bolio to put him a lap down. 41 of Willison back there. And now Willison seems to be able to use the lap traffic to close right up in on Riker, who's made it a little bit more tentative through the traffic crash. They're into lap traffic. It'll be interesting to see which lanes they get to go, but Riker will still keep the lead. Chris and Bolio. There's a spinner down here in turn one. Out comes the caution. That was the 20 car, I believe, of Jay Anderson, Penticton Speedway regular. On the inside of the racetrack down there, Brad, did he spin it, or did, it looks like he's just kind of stopped up again alongside the uh, jersey barriers down there in two. Yeah, he's just stopped on the bottom. I don't know if he broke something or if he spun it. I'm just going to see if I can have a better. No, he's all right. He's moving, so yeah, I would say he spun it. Uh, just for the record, I want everybody to know that Riley Siebert is my favorite Siebert. <laughs> He's my favorite. He's provided heat for us up here in the booth. No, 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 no. We can't tell Brad or... What? No, 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 no. Brad, don't worry about that. That was a misquote. First you give me a 99-cent battery. <laughs> then you put me down here in the freezer. <laughs> And you guys are up there with a heater? No, 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 well, no. Brad, I, Brad I, I had to say it because I don't, I'm not going to be on any more race time radio. My schedule doesn't allow for me to be on any more race time radio broadcasts throughout the year, so I had, to, I had to throw Joe on the bus. Well, it's really nice to get some honesty out of this. <laughs> As we have 23 laps complete at Penticton Speedway, what a race so far. You, uh, just unbelievable to see the images uh, that Shaw's got up here. Uh, pictures are worth a thousand words. This is worth millions. And the good thing is you can have the Race Time Radio broadcast on while watching the Race Time Radio broadcast as well on Shaw, which is the best of both worlds. Man, we get, uh, we're, we're lucky. That's all. That We're just uh, thankful to be here. Uh, really fortunate to witness uh, these races at Penticton Speedway. Uh, just a tremendous job by the staff here, uh, by everybody that's put this all together. Uh, just incredible, Brad. It is, and it's interesting, Joe, to see the different configurations of these street stocks. You got a little bit of everything. It doesn't seem to matter. No, they're, the competitiveness is just, it's all right there. They're all competitive. Like, uh, hats off to the promoters for putting this together and allowing these cars to come out with all different stuff from everywhere. I was a little worried when I walked around the pit, but looking at what I see now, it's all good. It's all competitive. 
It is very competitive, and we see it at pretty much every Street Stock Invitational around BC that somehow all of these cars come together and put on a great show. And uh, as we get ready to go back racing. Yeah, the pace car is going to hit pit road. Now he's speeding it up a bit, which is a good idea. Got to get that pace car out of there. <laughs> yeah, got to get it out of the way of this storming pack behind him as Bob Reichert leads him to the green. Reichert and Willis with a better start this time. The 41's left before, but Torrance coming in, looking to take that second spot away from him. Yeah, Paul Turan and the X car, which started life, if you can believe it, as a Chevelle to the inside of Ryan Willis. It's Camaro as they come down the front straight. Turan up into the second spot. Now Bollier will stick his nose in and take away from Williston. Bollier up to third. Yeah, the 91 machine is on a tear through the field. Your heat race winner, Chris Bollio, leads him off the four. Oh, Rangarn to lead it down, being chased by Bollier. Durand in the X car right there as well as they work their way through three and four. Riker. Keeping her on the bottom as Duran is going to get adventurous on the outside the X. They'll put a blanket over the three of them down the back stretch, bumper to bumper. Bolio now looking to the inside. Duran trying the outside, and Bob Reichert has the most action he's had all night long. Duran looking to take the high side around. He can't. Bolio goes in underneath them. They go side by side. How about this little lump at the front of the field? Duran almost gets into the wall. Bollier will gather it up. He stunts it in under him. Door handle to door handle down the back stretch. Graham Cook, the 75 car, has got his way up to fourth as they come off a of turn number four. Bollio up to second. Duran back to third. Bollier now takes over to second. He's on the bumper record. But don't look now. Cook, the second fastest qualifier. Is closing and closing fast. Graham Cook to the inside of Tehran. Little donut mark on the side of the X car as they exchange door handles. A run for the lead now as Bollier takes a look at the leader, giving him a run on the outside. That took him a new leader. Bollier to the front. That's for the eight laps to develop. But the 91 car has come from about seven points forward. Now it's Cooks takes over that second spot. He sets a sight on the leader, Bollier, as it heats up. I've seen Chris Bolio keep guys at bay for lap after lap after lap, and if Graham Cook can get to him, you can bet he's going to have a tough time getting by him. It'll be a whole different ballgame. And it's Cook rolls into second. Now he sets a sight on the leader, Bollier. This could get interesting. This Cook was second fastest. Bollier, third fastest in time trial. Paul Turand seems to have been held up by the 54 car of Bob Riker just a little bit as your race leader comes off at turn number four. Maybe a little bit of smoke starting to come out of the back, Brad. Can you see anything? Well, look as he goes down into four here. I can't see uh, down into two. I can't see much coming out of the back of that car here. Graham Cook closing in on your race leader in the 75 machine, laying down lap after lap after lap as they continue to tighten up at the front of the pack. 35 complete as the car slows on the high side of the racetrack. That was tight, Brad. 
Meanwhile, Bollier sets a toward pace, but Cook is trying to chase him down. Back third and four, two car lengths behind. Taras settled into fourth. Chris Bolio closing in on some miles to put him a lap down in the 18 machine with Graham Cook bearing down big time in the 75 cars. They work their way off the two. So Cook closes up the gap a little bit, but Bolio get away on the back stretch. And Chris Bolio very good at getting through lap traffic, and he is uh, going to be closing in on a whole pile of it in just a few laps here in the number 91 machine. Meanwhile, it's Cook, three car lengths behind Bollier, chasing down the leader, trying to get up there side by side. They seem to be running about the same pace. Battle for fifth, heating up behind Ryan Willis, and in the 41 as he heads off of turn number two. Meanwhile, back up front, Bolio with Cook, two car lengths behind him into one and two. They're going to come up on a lap car, which could make a difference. Cook closes up the gap off of two. Now Cook closes right up to the back bumper. Your lap car going to come into play on the back stretch. Bolio to the inside of McGiver and in the 37. Here comes Cook trying to take a peek, but Bolio muscles McGiver out of his way. Now they're a car length and a half difference. Bolio and Cook now settling it on their own on the back stretch. But Bolio is going to have a whole lot more lap traffic to contest with as Graham Cook continues his pursuit Cook, as they Cook. head down the back straight breath. Cook blows a trade up about a half a car length. Seems to make better entry down into one and two is where Cook makes the difference. He gets a little loose coming into one. He'll close it back up. He shoves it in underneath Bolia. They touch coming off a two. And a three. Chris Bolio trying to hold off Cook. And Cook is one of the few guys we've seen able to run right on that white line and make it work. 45 laps complete. And I don't think on the racetrack to the 75. Brad Manley is pinning it to the bottom. Well, he's on the bottom, but he can't get up off a of two. He'll drive it deep into one, close the gap, but just can't get the grip up off a of two. Meanwhile, Bollier opens up the lead a little. With 91, working his way through the lappers as Kale Woodski has worked his way inside the top five in the 27 machine. Paul Durant in the X still running. It seems, in the like, spot. it seems like Bollier has opened up the gap a little bit. And Cook either sitting back trying to cool the tires down, not sure. Meanwhile, Perron gets into the wall on the front stretch. Sparks flying off that car. Yeah, Durand is up on the wheel trying to hold off the rest of the field as they come off the turn four. Durand is actually slowing up just a tiny bit there as Gail Winsky gets to his inside. He hit the wall a pretty good smack on the front stretch, so he may look to cut a tire down on that Durand car. Meanwhile, up front, Bollier continues to lead, but they're about to come into some heavy, heavy lap traffic. Graham Cook, who had a big bobble a few laps ago in the 20 year in the 75 car, rather, losing about two car lengths to Bolio as they work their way off at two. And just oh. like that, over half the race, the 50 on surface has been 49 
Now they're going to get into a bunch of lap cars into turn one. There's about six lap cars ahead of the first two place cars to get through. Chris, Chris Bolio, the 91, is. Oh, the 67 is around in turn two. There will be a caution as he had a little bit of help. But the 67 of Cooks, it's Coles, it's turned around. And yep. he sits down here on the bottom. Billy Coles' uh, tough night continues. Is That's kind of the game you play when you qualify up front. And then with that invert, having to start at the back. And Billy almost found his way up to the front. Got turned around. And now uh, getting maybe a little bit frustrated. Maybe the car not handling as, uh, as good as it was before the incident. And now gets turned around again. Remember I said comers and goers. We're going to see the guys that were coming. They're going to be maybe going this time, Brad. The cooling down of the tires right now with 53 laps complete has got to be good news for some, maybe not so for others. I would have to say Cook would be happy with this because he's been chasing hard, so had to give him time to cool off his tires. The other thing is, is that these guys were about to come through six lap cars which could have made a big impact on who got through and when. So now those lap cars will fall to the back, so they'll have a clean racetrack in front of them to go back at it again. The other thing is Cook's preferred line has been the inside, but he's going to have to line up on the outside for the restart, and Bolio is going to have uh, that inside line that he has also been sticking to for most of the race. So uh, it'll be... A uh, bit of a uh, kind of who's who match or a little bit up in the air on who will get the jump on this restart. Any chance, Cole, can you see anywhere there where we could do a full field rundown? I, I don't see any timing and scoring right yet, okay. but I will do my best oh. to see where everybody is. I didn't know if there was something on that laptop over there. I believe, yeah, that's the uh, broadcast programming for the guys at Shaw. But uh, Chris Bolio, your leader, Graham Cook, in second. And then we'll go back to third place running Bob Reichert in the 54. Kale Woodski, I believe, is up into fourth, but not showing up on the scoreboard in fourth. So could have some potential transponder problems. Or maybe he lost a lap somewhere in there in the shuffle in the 27 car. But Kale is one of the guys that would be up at the front anyhow. So wouldn't be surprised if there was just a transponder issue and he's up there in fourth. Paul Terrand in the zero being scored in fourth right now, fifth in line when it comes to everybody and how everything sorts out. Ryan Willison behind him. And then the uh, 52 car from up in Williams Lake there as well. The 41 was real strong early in this race. And Brad, is that the car you were kind of thinking had a tire going down? Yeah, I, no, it was the X-Carve, Joe, uh, that got into the front wall, so oh, I kind of yeah. thought he had a tire going down. Willison, I don't know if he just burned it up, up early or what, but he certainly dropped back a lot. How about saving? Do you think maybe? Do you think maybe he has backed it up a wee bit and saved him? I don't know so much about that. You don't want to get caught too far back here. Like, it's lap 52, so... Uh, Time to go with these cars. I don't think I'd be wanting to wait any longer now. We'll see when we go back to green if he was saving anything. If we see him moving up, we'll know he was saving. What do you think, Todd Lewis? You've uh, been watching this. What uh, What's your take so far? This street stock race is just amazing. It's been wonderful to watch, and we've seen everyone that we saw in the heat races earlier 
have almost a turn at the front. We had the 54 for a while. Reichard, who had that victory in the in the in his heat race a little bit earlier, had his turn at the front. Then we had the 91, who's found his way up to the front. And Chris Beaulieu, who has been challenged, of course, by Graham Cook on both the inside and the outside. He's had a turn at the front. So. What we get in the final 48 laps, it's going to be wait and see, but I don't think everybody's finished having a turn at the front yet in this one. Probably a good way to put it. As Neil begins to uh, double up Redman, we're going to get back under three shortly. The 34 car come up to the smoke. Is it that tire rubber again? Yeah, we saw that in the heat race. Uh, of course, the runner out of uh, Saskatchewan there in the 34 car. Tough break for uh, that camp once he's driven past. And there's a lot more smoke coming out of the back of that uh, car. We got trouble, guys. Uh, 75 car on the back stretch is rolling to a stop here. Yeah, yeah. Graham Cook has come to a stop. We are green. Caution, we are caution, caution. Gotta hold them up, 75 car on the high side. And good to see the field get blown up. Yeah, fortunately, everybody, no problems there, but the uh, 34 machine, Wayne Osborne, pulling into the pits, and I don't think that one was a tire rub this time. There's uh, plenty of smoke coming out of the back. Brad, uh, he's coming by you right now. I smell rear end fluid, guys, so that's not tire rub. Ah. Your sniffers still working, is it, big guy? Even though it's frozen, <laughs> I can smell rear end fluid a mile away. <laughs> is this warmer or colder than Moncton, Brad? <laughs> Tonight? <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's colder. <laughs> no, no. Remember now, you were uh, texting with Karen this morning, and uh, there's snow back at your house. Yeah, but it was warm snow, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> We had 10 centimeters last night back home, but uh, anyway, that would just go away, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I got three-foot snowbanks home when I left the other day, so it's just part of the winter wonderland I live in. Well, I think when we were on our way down, you must have left the door open or something. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> they got reverse in the 75 car, but I don't think he's got forward as he's Backing, he's backing up the car under his own power, so I'd say he lost the forward gear in the transmission. And Billy Coles is also pulled into the pits there, Joe, so problems for Billy. And those two are team cars. They're identical in construction, but being new cars, there's uh, they've been fast, but looks like they're having a little bit of teething issues here uh, early on in the season. Anytime you get a new race car, you are always got to get the bugs out of it, so that's just some growing pains having brand new equipment, I would say. Keep thinking every now and then I catch a plane out of the corner of my eyes, the drone over the back stretch. I noticed that too. I uh, thought it was Penticton Airport down there uh, in between Skaha and Okanagan Lake, but uh, it is the drone. We get some good footage from said drone that you're seeing right now on Shaw Spotlight. You also saw Graham Cook pulling into his pit stall. The window net coming down. Billy Coles, uh, fortunately, with the window net up on his car, he will pull back out onto the racetrack. But uh, Billy's back and forth seesaw night uh, continues. But we will have to see if he can drive himself back up through the field one more time in that 67 car. 52 laps complete of 100 here at Penticton Speedway. What a day of racing it's been. Incredible. A huge, huge day tomorrow. As well, Western Rapper 300 is all coming up. Uh, you don't want to miss it. If you're anywhere close to this racetrack, or if you can make tracks to get here, 
You don't want to miss this race at Speedway. Yeah, the field getting the bunch up sign. Caution lights are out around the Speedway, and we are getting ready to go back green. Chris Bolio. Bob Reichert now on his outside for attempt number two at going green on lap 52. We're racing once again. Bolio and Reichert go at it down the front stretch. Torres going to stuff it in there. Put a blanket over the top three as they go down the back stretch together. And Tehran with another opportunity to get around Reichert here, which he struggled to do in the early half of this one. And Bolio with some of the faster cars behind him. Meyer back in traffic is going to try and set sail. Bolier set sail, but Rankard and Torah is going out at Tehran, trying to get under the bottom of them. But it looks like Rankard will get away and take over that second spot. Working their way down the back straight. 91 to Bolio out in front. Reichert sits in second. Tehran in the X in third as they come off in turn number four. Bolier will continue to lead. Rankard will sit in second. Tehran in third. 52 car moves up the floor. Yeah, the 52, Garnett Grimard working the bumper of Tehran as they come off to turn four. Grimard to drive it deep down inside. He tries to get some ground, but he's got company. The front five, six, seven cars in the file flying around the speedway. And the double up in the back. Meanwhile, Coles has passed about five cars from the back of the field as he continues to move his way up through the field for about the third time in this feature. Yeah, Billy Coles is a man on a mission right now, and he is charging up through the pack as Chris Bolio is uh, out in front and pulling a gap on the 54. Working their way into one and two. Over to you, Brad Mann. Polio keep the lead, but the battles for third, fourth, fifth. But a 67 goals to get under 41 on the back stretch. 67 is on a mission. Yeah, Billy Coles is working his way through the back. You can see him to the inside of Ryan Willison as he continues to slice and dice his way through the field, Joe. Just notice in here, 60 laps complete. Meanwhile, Bolia is having his way as he's got about a half a straightaway. For the next car in the back runner, settles in the second. Meanwhile, it's Coles trying to get up a little bit closer. He would love to see a caution once he gains some more ground here. That's for sure. 34 car Moore's is going to come back onto the racetrack. Osborne trying to get back. Three wide down the back stretch. Tehran got sideways. Grimmard and Ching making a bit of contact as they come off of four. Billy Coles is right there as well in the 67 machine. And he... Billy Coles up to fifth. He's looking to take over fourth. He is on the move. Working their way off at turn number four. Coles slicing his way through the field in the 67 machine. Gail Woodski. Getting around the outside of the 27 machine of Ryan Willison. Meanwhile, Coles will slip into fourth. He sets his sight on the third place car now. Meanwhile, up front, Bolia is heaven. His way is he's got a big five, six car. The 52 car right around in front of Coles. And Coles just misses a major, major miss. Garnett Grimmer, the 52 car, spinning in turn number two to bring out the yellow on lap number 65, and the field's going to get bunched up one more time. Oh, 
this will be a quickie caution. Uh, it, it will be, Joe, and I'll tell you who wanted that. It's definitely Cole's a 67 car to bunch this field back up, and he just escaped a nightmare as that 52 spun right in front of him. Amazing driving. We've seen some real talent out here tonight. Avoiding the big one, if you will. Uh, that, like you say, Brad, that there was uh, that was called a close call. Now timing and scoring there on the back straight, showing the 91 of Chris Bolio out in front. The 54 of Bob Reichert back there in the second position. Zero of Paul Tehran in uh, the third spot. 27 of Cale Woodski showing up in fourth. And the 41 of uh, Ryan Willison showing up in fifth at the moment. I'll tell you, the 41 car, I want to say it was like five, six laps ago incredibly close to that front stretch wall. I thought for sure he was going to eat it. He managed to keep it off, and then I lost sight of him. I went, wow, well, that the, was close. Joe, the 41 car on that last caution, his front rotors were cherry, cherry orange. So I'd say he doesn't have a lot of brakes left on that race car. And that could be uh, definitely what's going to you know, slow him down. Sounds crazy, but you need those brakes, Cole. And yeah, Ryan is one of those guys who this is his first ever street stock race, let alone uh, in that race car, which is uh, he got it used to him on the off season, but pretty much made it brand new uh, with all the improvements that he made to the 41 machine as uh, Willison again fighting some some small teething problems there, but building it in his own garage and getting this 41 car out on the racetrack looks good. The 34 car or pardon me, 36 car. Uh, he's been sneaking his way up in there. Or is he down one, do you think? I know he's not showing on the board. I know he's not showing on the board. I can't, I don't remember him getting lapped, though. So no, Joe Cornette Ching is up there amongst the leaders. And Billy Coles in the 67, who is third in line, not showing up third on the scoreboard, though in that 67 machine is uh, potentially having to duck in the pits there, maybe losing a lap or something. Uh, but if he does get that lap back or gets up in front of the field and another yellow comes out, don't count Billy out. Any more surprises, Brad, man? If you, uh, anybody else cut your eye that we should be watching here, 64 complete. Uh, we still got a little bit of race left here to do. We, we do, Joe, but... <laughs> I just can't help but think leading the race tonight hasn't been the place you wanted to be in the dying laps. We saw leaders fall off the pace, lose parts, so I, we're still in for some surprises. I wouldn't bet anything, but uh, Bolly looks like he had the field covered, but we saw that tonight with two or three other cars, and stranger things have happened. So The 75 dropped out a while ago uh, into the pits, backing it around. 75 is going to return to the track that got her fixed. Yeah, Graham Cook back out, but uh, he's lost plenty of laps there, unfortunately, in the pit area as your field continuing to cycle around. Behind the Penticton Speedway pace car, Chris Bolio has led more laps than anybody else on the property this evening in the number 91 with Bob Reichert, 54, lining up in second. Everybody else fighting for their restart positions. The ex of Paul Turand. Lining up in third, Woodski lining up in fourth, Willis in fifth. Brad Mann mentally, the 91 car with the lead, he's got a strong car. What's it doing inside the helmet? 
Well, he just wants to get clear of this restart before he starts to hear all kinds of noises. When you have that big of a lead, you hear noises you never heard all night long. You think something's going to break. It can't be that good. Pace car hits the pit road. Here we go. Green flag. Back up. Bollier gets a big jump. Ranker flying back. Victoria will come in on the bottom, but Bollier's going to pull away down the back stretch. Teron and Reichert made a little bit of contact in the battle for a second as Teron stuffs his nose up the inside of the 54 car in a one and two. They go side by side. Teron trying to, he's out completely sideways. He saves that car on the back stretch. What a save by Teron as and it was sideways on the back stretch. And that was those bumps from Teron as uh, that car is stepping out sideways again as he's superheated that right rear tire that already made contact with the outside wall. Kale Woodski in the 27 car now going around to the outside of Riker for second. Maybe Woodski's had saved something. He's been lurking around all night, but he's on the outside of Riker for second. Door handle to door handle down the back stretch. Joe Cornette Ching making a bit of contact with the 67 of Billy Poles. Ching straightens her back out as Bolio leads the way. Woodski in second trying to track him down. 67's up around the outside of Anchor, but I don't know if it's a lap down or not. We'll see on the score. Working their way into one and two. Bolio still with a bit of breathing room in between him and the 27 car. Kale Woodski who's up into second. 54 of Reichert still being shown as your third place man with Toronto in fourth. So Cole's on the move trying to get his lap back is what my guess would be. Meanwhile, Bollier's having his way as he's away out front here with 30 to go. Woodski on the outside, and we'll see if he allows Coles to get to the inside of him in the 67 machine. Woodski's going to give way, and Coles is going to be in pursuit of Bolio to try and get his lap back, Joe. Yeah, he sure is. Bolio's doing a great job in that 91 car. He'll be driving out the windshield, but he's got an old driver. He'll be checking the gear to find out what's happening out back. Bollier having his way. He hasn't made a mistake. He hasn't bobbled. He's on a mission. He's just in a rhythm, and he's got the whole track to himself. Meanwhile, Coles will try to chase him down to get his lap back. We got a car stopped here in the back stretch. We will have a caution as the 18 is stuck up high here coming off the two. Miles Bolio not helping out Dad at all with a problem in the 18. The car that uh, before it used to run up at Merritt Speedway on the dirt, they called it the uh, the Sassy Flamingo because of the pink roll cage. Joe Cornette Ching has pulled into the pits in the 36 machines. So problems for Joe Cornette Ching. And uh, hopefully he can dive into the pits there and get whatever is the issue fixed and uh, send that car back out onto the racetrack. I believe he is on the lead lap. I know he wasn't coming up on the board, uh, you know, that we're seeing but uh man doing a great job as all these drivers are doing tonight it is the Venom 100 uh penticton speedway 72 laps complete so it's a chance for coles to get his lap back here joe and if another caution he's not out of this yet exactly the 27 car brad uh just before that yellow flu that 27 car was right on the money that thing's flying well Cale Woodski I was mentioning it before but uh, last year 
He won our Street Stock Invitational at West Shore Motorsports Park. He won the Saratoga Speedway Street Stock Invitational. I think he won the Agassiz Speedway Street Stock Invitational. The only place he didn't win at is Penticton, and he's looking to change that here this weekend in that 27 car. And I know him and uh, Kale and his dad, who wrenches on that thing nonstop, they have this thing set up so that the uh, sweet spot handling-wise is later on in the race and you might not notice them in the first half but as soon as you look up you'll see that 27 car in the second half of this race and that's uh, the money half of the race here especially when it's 100 laps joel do they have a lucky dog here is that what they're going to give the 67 or i am not sure about that brad i couldn't answer that don't know because if they have a lucky dog the 67 has to pass the pace car to get that lap back and that would make sense. It looks like he's uh, going to try and do that. There we go. Yeah, it looks like Billy Coles has gone to the inside. He's going to go to the tail end of the field, and he will get his lap back. So we'll see if Billy can go for charge number three through the field. 36 makes it back up as well. Yeah, Joe Cornette Ching getting those repairs completed at the tail end of the field. Pace car pulls in. Field is bunched up into two-by-two two formation. Chris Bolio, Kale Woodski, your front row as we are green again. Bolio gets a big jump. Whiskey's looking for a second, but he's got company as the Gregor tries to get his spot back. Around on the bottom at 75, down many laps. He's sitting there, but that, Bolio lead them back. That could shake up things with the lead with that 75 car. Graham Cook running so strong in amongst those leaders even though he is a lap down as Reichert is now slotted back into the third spot and Woodski has his sights set on Bolio for the race lead. Woodski chasing down Bolio and we'll the car lengths behind. 75 car, Hook is in there also, but that's several laps down. Paul Durand in fourth with Hook in between him and Reichert. As they head down the back straight, 75 laps completed in this one as Chris Bolio is extending his advantage over Kale Woodski coming off at turn number four, Brad. Meanwhile, Bolio has the lead, but Coles is third back in traffic, not getting up to the field driving deep into turn, getting a couple of positions there. Chris Bolio out in front as Kale Woodski slipping back a little bit in the 27 car. As your field files along, Graham Cook, the 75, again a few laps down, getting the inside of Woodski now as they work their way into three and four. Bolio continuing to set the pace. Bolio has it to himself. Meanwhile, the 75 car laps down underneath Whiskey. He should just let him go. He does. Sitting back in the third spot of record. And Bolio leads that lap. Riker content to run. Oh! Contact in turn number four, and that is Ryan Willison, who is having such a good run getting together. Yanni Kirstos in the 11 also getting involved in it, but uh, Ryan Willison with some pretty heavy damage to the front of the 41 machine, and he's going to pull into the pits, Joe. Yeah, the 11 did get into the 41 on the exit of turn four there. Just slid up, made contact. They, uh, did do a little bit of a ramp up. You can see the damage on the 41 car. Yeah, Ryan, tough break for the uh, rookie street stock competitor. Ryan 
ran in the uh, Agassiz Speedway Mini Stock Division uh, before this. Also did some drifting at Mission Raceway Park as well as Agassiz Speedway uh, and down at Evergreen Speedway with their Pro-Am Drift Series. And that teaches you some pretty good car control when the main game is to keep the thing sideways. <laughs> exactly. That'll teach you lots. Uh, the 41's really got, uh, he's got a tire down, he's got some body damage on the car. The 11 also going to roll her into the pits. Probably let the team have a quick look at that. With 78 laps complete, Brad. Well, with 22 laps to go, we don't know how far up Cole is. He would have loved to see this caution come up to close out the field. I don't know if with 20 to go, they pull the lap cars here, Joe. I don't know what the ruling is on that. Back east, a lot of times on the big races with 20 to go, the lap cars get all pulled out and put to the back let the lead cars up but i'm not quite sure what the call is here usually there brad i think it's inside a 10 to go but we'll wait and see with uh with things here how things shake out is again graham cook in the 75 car is a few laps down in between your race leader the number 91 of chris bolio and the number 27 of kale woodski in the second spot bob Riker at the 54 running in third paul durand in the zero still in the fourth spot as the field still cycling around under yellow. Fortunately, Ryan Willison able to get the 41 car back to the pits under its own power, so no long cleanup necessary here. We should be getting back to racing shortly. A lot of close calls in this race, but a lot of great driving talent. I've seen some moves here that uh, I, I kind of figured was going to end a different way, uh, but these drivers are doing a dynamite job here at Benticton. And it is that uh, having that outside lane or having two lanes to work with that gives these guys the opportunity to try things. And I noticed Chris Bolio over the course of that last run has kind of brought his line out a little bit more. He was running right kind of on the inside line when the race started, but as it's gone on and there's more rubber that's been laid down to the outside lane, Bolio has been going up half a car length, up half a car length, just a little bit more. Well, and... You know what I noticed on that last restart, Brad, man? The 27 car and the 91 lined up perfect for the restart. Soon as they hit the throttle, the 27 spun the tires, 91 got away. Yeah, that's, uh, you got to zigzag on these cautions to get lots of heat in the tires. But uh, we'll see what comes here. Uh, 41 is in the pit, so the 67's moved up to fifth, so uh, I don't know. This is over yet, Joe. We got 22 laps, and it's going to be exciting. It will be a big dice up in front, and we'll see if Woodski spins the tires on this restart, or if Bolio gets the drive off. Here we go again with 78 down. Side by side, a good start for Woodski on that one, but Bolio will take the bottom. Meanwhile, Coles is lurking around. He's up to four. It's closing in on Reichert to try to take that third spot away. Off a turn, number four. Woodski is right there with Polio for the race lead as they work their way off a two. And uh, yeah, Brad, looks like Coles is up to fourth. He is. He's looking on the outside of Rickard to get the fourth, third spot. He stuffs it up outside, but up front, their door handle to door handle as Whiskey has saved something for the end here. 
back to second, take another run. That was the slip-up that Bolio was waiting for, and now Chris Bolio is going to try and put some breathing room in between him as Billy Coles is up in the third in the 67 Riker. Back yep. to fourth, Brad. Coles will set his sights on whiskey, that's for sure. He can really stuff it into one here. He's right on the back bumper. Witzke will pull him a little bit. He looks to the bottom. He's going for that second spot. Witzke gives some room problems for Witzke in the 27. Oh, from second to coming to a stop and bringing out the yellow Kale Woodski, And that thing looked like it just kind of quit out of nowhere. 83, uh, pardon me, 82 laps complete. Do you think? Maybe a fuel issue, Bradman, do you think? It could be, or whether he cut a tire down, but he sits there like he's not under fire. And once again, Joe, the leaders in this race, late in the race, has not been kind to them. We saw lead cars, second place cars, having a good night, and then all of a sudden, they're done. Yeah, amazing. Uh, and, let's see here. And this is not over, Joe. Uh, Coles is into second. It's the last thing Bollier wanted to see. This should be a good one. I think they're going to hook it up and pull him back to the pits. I'll bet you it's a fuel problem because it really looked like one. Yeah, completely out of nowhere, that thing was running as strong as it had been on that restart. As Chris Bolio will now have Billy Coles lined up behind him. Well, not behind him. He's going to be on the outside of him for the restart. And Chris Bolio doesn't back down, and Billy Coles doesn't back down. So with uh, only, you know, about handful of laps to go here almost 15 laps to go this will get very interesting 18 laps still left to run i can tell you i haven't seen this much side-by-side -side action at a racetrack for this extended amount of time uh it, like it's been incredible in both divisions here in uh, most of the races bradman it has been joe and uh they've been putting on a show i mean look at torrent you guys mightn't have saw it, but he was completely turned around, pointed to the wall on the back stretch, and saved it back about 15 laps ago with both rear tires just smoking. Yeah, he had his arms fully crossed in the number X machine that shows up on the scoreboard as being the number zero. As we get ready to go back racing, just as soon as Kale Woodski's car gets brought back into the pits, you can see the toe strap is attached to the back. Of uh, the Avion Motorsports Penticton Speedway safety truck, and they'll tow that machine into the pit. So a very tough break for Kale Woodski, who had a strong run going tonight. Remember, guys, what happened in the street stock. First, second place cars were out. Third place car got the win. Is that what we're going to see here? Yeah, we we could see that. We remember the, the late model uh, the qualifier race as uh, Mark Barrio was the leader until the last lap, and as soon as he got side-by-side -side with Horwath, uh, Barrio unfortunately ended up on his lid in the 27 car. And uh, with the street stocks, it looks like it's coming down to another one of those late-race shootouts as well. Uh, it's the nail-biter, guaranteed. Uh, the 91 car, uh, there you go, the 22 car going to get a lap back, uh, lap back by the look of it, looking to pass that pace car. Yeah, Rolt Hagdon in the uh, 22R out of Quinnell will get uh, his lap back in his Chevy Monte Carlo as Kale Woodski's car almost brought back into the pit area just as soon as he gets cleared in. I think we'll see the field 
Get the signal to bunch her up into two by two formation. Well, hopefully they give the 27 a lap. Yep, they're gonna go up. Nope, doubled up. Tough break there for Kale as the crew probably won't even get a chance to look at it before we go back green. And a little bit of confusion by the looks of things on how everybody's stacking up for this restart. It is as it is very confused on the back straight. Now everybody gets into the right order. Pace cars in off of four. Greens out. Polio leads. Oh, Polio gets the jump. He gets the jump, but Cole is there. He puts the bumper to him. They gather it up. They go at it down the back stretch. In three and four, Billy Coles, the man on a move and a man on a mission, is trying to track down Chris Polio, but does he have enough in the 67? Polio drives it deep in, coming off a two. He loses a little grip coming off. In a three and off of four, Billy Coles closing in the gap in that 67 as Polio trying to keep it pointed straight and out in front. Polio leads him down the back stretch of motor three card lens. Coles is driving in deep, but he can't get up off of two as good as what Polio does. Yeah, Polio in the 91 car, able to get the run off at two, and we got Caution. the yellow. Oh, the 34 into the outside wall. Wayne Osborne hitting the outside wall in turn number one. Some heavy damage to the front of the 34 car. So Osborne spins around, and uh, just as we go yellow here, Joe, I think we're going to take another chance to uh, throw to a commercial break here for Race Time Radio again. Not missing anything on Shaw Spotlight. No, absolutely not. We will be back with you live from Penticton Speedway right here on Race Time Radio. Stay with us. Okay, tell you what, we won't go anywhere. By the look of that, my little old board has stopped. So it's got to be unplugged. We will figure that out. Um, but bring us up to date. What do we got? 84 laps complete. 84 laps complete. And Chris Bolio, Brad, was able to get away from Billy Coles on that restart. Uh, and if Coles can get a drive off at turn two, I think it's going to be trouble for Bolio. Yeah, Coles didn't have a very good restart. He kind of caught sleeping. So the idea when you're on the outside on a restart is to be up half a door ahead of your guy on the inside so that when you come off a of turn four, you're side by side. And if you're going to just stay side by side with him, he's going to pull you off of turn four. So. If he wants a shot at it, he's got to have the fender just about ahead of Bollier for when they come around four, they'd be dead even and they have a good run at it. And Bolio again, his uh, inside line is the preferred line as Coles has had to come up through the field twice and got to wonder if the tires are at their best in that 67 car as he has been having to charge this entire race, whereas Bolio has been able to save a little bit. So... Even if the 91 car wasn't as quick uh, on the time charts 
as the 67 of Coles. Uh, you got to wonder if Bolio's still got a little bit more than him here for the last few laps. Okay, let's try this break one more time. We'll be back live. Hey, race fans, it's the 82 Fortino's Dodge, Dave Conley from Ottawa, and you're listening to Race Time Radio. Check us out at a local school. Go to fuelforkids.ca. Coast to coast, coast to coast, you're listening to Canada to Canada Talks. This is NASCAR champion Kyle Busch, Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson, Kurt Busch, Joey Logano, Kevin Harvick, Martin Truex Jr., Brad Keselowski. What is SiriusXM NASCAR Radio? It's a place to talk about your favorite sport. You know, I renew my subscription. It never comes off this channel. The whole day is awesome. It's a place to hear from the biggest names in NASCAR. Joey Logano, what are you doing? I got the SiriusXM set up at my house so I can jump on more often. Joey, I want to first thank you for doing this. This is awesome for the fans. It's a trusted source for breaking news. Major stories today, my friends. Let's get down to I'm in the hauler with the breaking news story. It's every NASCAR race heard live, including in-car radios. Legato gets into the back. He he shoves him up the racetrack. Stay out, stay out, stay out. Trust me. Custer's going to go for the lead here. They get door to door with each other. And it's classic races that honor the history of the sport. Dale Earnhardt is going to win the Daytona 500. What is Series XN NASCAR radio? It's your 24-7 home for all things NASCAR. The way you guys cover these races is unbelievable. Channel 90 streaming right now on the SXM app. After two years of silence at Riverside International Speedway, not no more. The IWK 250 Super Weekend is on July 21st through the 23rd. Everything kicks off Thursday night, July 21st, with a popular tailgate party. Then on Friday night, it's the Henry's Auto Pro Sportsman 100 and Legends. Then on Saturday, Canada's Ultimate Short Track Race, the IWK 250, July 23rd. Featuring the stars of the East Coast International Pro Stock Tour, plus a pile more from across Canada and the U.S. For camping and tickets, get to riversidespeedway.ca or join us live worldwide on racetimeradio.com. It's the IWK 250, presented by Steve Lewis. July 21st through the 23rd. Drivers, start your engines. Welcome back to the track. Live on Race Time Radio, Sirius XM 167. If I had a tail, it'd be wagging. Jeez. I can well imagine. And his tail will be wagging with the action that's uh, happened tonight here at Penticton Speedway. 84 laps complete in this Venom 100. And uh, this one here is worth the money. Every single lap has been tonight, Cole. Yeah, is uh, still the 34 Wayne Osborne getting ready to be loaded on the flat deck, which is just a little bit of a holdup right now. As there you can see, the officials at the front of the car just making sure nothing's uh, held up or nothing gets dragged when they winch it up onto the back of the flat deck as 
Chris Bolio, he's getting pretty proficient at restarts so far in this one in the number 91 car with Billy Coles, who will line up on his outside for attempt number two. As Brad was mentioning earlier, Coles kind of got caught sleeping on that last restart, and Bolio was able to get out ahead of him. But uh, Coles better through three and four, Bolio better through one and two, which is the problem end of the racetrack with the bumps and the uh, original asphalt that's been here for quite some time. It has, and you know, Cole, these drivers have learned a pile for tomorrow. What have we learned? We have learned that there, uh, if you can make it happen, there is an outside groove. Still, the inside is probably the preferred way around, but if you're on the outside and you can pinch that guy down right to that white line, you're going to get the drive off. Also, don't go too hard because uh, it seems like the tires are okay for a while, and then they fall off a cliff when it, they get to that uh, tire wear point. Absolutely. Brad Van, patience is what we talked about at the beginning. I think there is a few cars in this field that have exercised patience, but they haven't saved a thing. <laughs> I don't know if they had patience, Joe. i never seen guys run so hard. Not all, every lap. Like... Uh, whether it was lap 10, lap 20, we saw side-by-side -side racing everywhere. And if this is what we saw tonight, can you just imagine what we're going to see tomorrow? Amazing. I think back to one of the IWKs, uh, probably first, second year, Mike McKenzie said to me when I said, Mike, what should we expect to see tonight? And he said, I'll tell you what it is, Joe, 200 and 50 qualifying laps. That's what you're going to see. You know what? That's what we've witnessed here tonight. These guys, they're going right from the drop of the green. They are up on the wheel, definitely, is Chris Bolio, Billy Coles, uh, Bob Reichert, who started up front but uh, hasn't been one of the guys that has faded to the back at all. Bob, in that 54 car, is stuck right up with the rest of the pack running in third, having a strong run going. The zero machine. Paul Teron back there in the fourth spot. Wayne Osborne's car almost completely there on the back of the flat deck. Then it just has a short drive to duck into the opening of the wall in turn number two before we get back up and running. These guys have done almost as many laps, I think, under yellow at this point of the night as they have done under green with that earlier incident that... Uh, of course, even before the green flag with the nine car losing the axle and that breaking and rolling away, them having to go into the pits, get the cleanup for that. And then again, the field running around under yellow here is the 34 car getting loaded up on the racetrack. And it was leaking some fluid underneath of it. So the uh, cleanup taking a little bit longer than uh, expected down there in turn number one. But how about Billy Coles? We thought he was out of the running. He's been spun around twice, and now he's up in second. Just a testament to the race. These guys don't quit. If they did, uh, you know what? They, they'd be out of it. And, uh, Brad, man, we keep seeing uh, and saying maybe the same thing. They keep coming. Well, Coles has certainly had his work cut out for him, Joe. He's gone to the back two or three times, and... Like I said, around lap 65, he needs a couple of cautions, and, well, he's got the cautions. Now he's got an opportunity to close the deal, but he's got to be up on the wheel on the restart. Uh, just said earlier, 
when you're on the outside on a restart, you got to have a fender ahead of the guy on the inside so when you come off a of turn four, you're dead even. And that's the key. So this may be the last restart, so he's got to be up on the wheel for this one. Well, we see that tilt load uh, level out with the car on it. There's some good news right there, Cole. That is always a promising sign as we get a close-up of that on the Shaw Spotlight broadcast as... Now they just need Wayne Osborne's machine back into the pits, and you can bet these guys are chomping at the bit to turn it loose and get ready to go back racing as the flat deck heads into the pits, the safety truck heads into the pits. 52 car will get his lap back as he's put himself up here, so it'll put him back on the lead lap. He must be getting a lucky dog, I guess. Yeah, Garnett Grimard out of uh, Williams Lake, who, uh, Joe, you had him on Race Time Radio, I believe, is one of the uh, the previews ahead of this race. Sure did. Uh, great guests. We had a lot of different drivers on the show leading into this big weekend from both the late model side and the street stock side. Uh, I was impressed. A lot of the drivers uh, gave us their time, jumped on, and gave us a real preview of what we're going to see. And sure enough, they were right on the money. What they predicted is what we're seeing. So Garnett Grimard will head around the Penticton Speedway pace car. Billy Coles will take his spot in the outside of the front row. Pace car is in on the apron. 84 laps down, 16 to go. We are green off of four. Oh, once again, Coles doesn't get a good restart. Rickard is there. Coles will drop it in. He gets into Bollier off the back stretch. They go. Side by side, Bolio gets away. Bolio kind of ran Coles up the hill in the 91, and now Billy Coles, who has the pit between his teeth, is going to do everything in his power to get around the 91 of Bolio. Back down the back stretch they go. It's bumper to bumper. The 67 looking to close on the inside. He can't. Bully pulls off the corner. Bolio got a lead, but the 67 Cole drives deep in. Bolio pulls up off on the back stretch. Bolio, who's having some tough times getting up and over the bumps, that's going to allow Coles to get to his inside as Bolio trying to take a wider line to salvage things in the 91, but Coles is right there as they go into turn number three. Bolio covers him on the inside through three and four as they come to you, Bradman. They look, Coles looks underneath. Bolio's trying to shut the door. Coles is right there, but he can't get up. Bollier pulls him down the back straight. A little bit of a bobble from Coles, allowing Bollier, or Bolio rather, a little bit of breathing room as they come down the front straight. So they'll drive it in, and he's underneath them. He's into them. They gather it up on the back stretch. They bump. They both straighten out. Coles allowing the 91 car to straighten it out a little bit as Riker to the outside of the 67 machine for a second with 10 laps to go. And the bumper tank continues, Brad. It does, and that bully pulls him, but this is long from over. As the bumper tank goes on, Coles looks underneath them. They come down into one. Coles will drive it deep in. Bully tries to shut the door. He pulls off going down the back stretch. Bolio just a little bit better through one and two, but if Coles can stuff his nose up the inside of him, it's going to be tough going for Bolio. Coles is there. He's under him off of two. They go down the back stretch. Coles got the inside position. 
Billy Coles on the binders deep as they come off of four. Bolio up on the wheel as well, working the outside off of two. Still side by side. Coles gets it. Bolio washes up the racetrack. Coles will get the lead. And that's what he wanted to do. He didn't want side by side. Lap cars could play havoc here with six laps to go. It's Coles leading Bolio chasing him down. Bolio not fading as Coles trying to hang on to the race lead. Coming off of four. Coles coming up on lap traffic, getting it a little bit sideways. Now there's only one more lap car that should be good with five to go. They got a clear track in front of them to settle this. It's Coles will lead and the caution flies. The 11 car getting together with the 31 of Ellie Dunseeth. And we're going to have ourselves a restart here. And Chris Bolio has been uh, taking cool, or, uh, Coles to school here on these restarts, Brad, man. He has been, but it's up to Coles. He's the lead car. He needs to be Johnny on the spot here in this restart. The leader controls the pace, but so far, I'd really give the advantage to Bollier on the restarts because he's schooled him every time, just like you've said. But uh, when you're the lead car, you set the pace, so you better be up on the wheel. you got five laps to go for a big payday. The 67 car, I believe that's the first pass I've seen for the lead on the inside. Yeah, everybody else has been working the outside lane uh, with Coles finally able to make the inside work. I think I mentioned that Bolio's car seems really upset here in the latter stages by those bumps. So as soon as Chris tried to go to the outside to try and get away from those bumps, uh, Billy, who was able to drive through the bumps, was able to get to the inside of him, get the drive off. And then it was a late breaking contest into three to see who would emerge out of four with the lead. Tell you what, a lot of respect, guys, between the two drivers because Coles had the 91 turn sideways down here between one and two. And I thought the 54 was going to be the winner. And he backed off, let him get straightened out. They both hesitated a little bit, but they both straightened out. So a lot of respect there between them two drivers. Yeah, give and take between the two of them there at the front, and we'll see what happens with five laps to go in the Venom 100 as Billy Coles has completed his charge from the tail of the field to the front, to the tail of the field, to the front again in that 67 machine as he will look to put a cap on that. Doubling them up as they come down the front shoot. Bolio... On the outside this time. Looks like uh, we're going to go back to six laps to go. 94 up on the scoreboard. Field not completing that 95th lap the entire field. So they'll go back to the last lap completed under green. Here we go. Off of four. Billy Coles leading them to the green. Polio around the outside. Into one and two. They touch around. Oh, and Coles gets into Polio. Around they go. Well, there was no give and take there as Chris Bolio, Billy Coles getting together. And we'll see what the officials decide on that one as that'll be a little bit of a tough choice. Well, that's what happens when you start opening the pay window. Contact will happen. This is a big race. Everybody wants to win. 67-91. Frustrations, Bradman, are going to start coming into play. Well... We've talked about restarts. 67 got caught sleeping again. Bully got the jump on the restart. 
you're the lead car, you got to get the restart back. And that's that's how this come about. So it'll be interesting to see what the call is. Ooh, black flag for Coles in the 67. So Billy Coles gets shown the black flag coming off of turn four in that 67 machine. Will the 91 get moved to the back as an involved car? Looks like they're both, yeah, looks like they're both going to the back. So Bob Reichert is going to get the lead in the 54 car. The man who, I think you were just saying it down there, that uh, he was licking his chops when they were getting together earlier there, Brad. I wasn't. Guys, I can't, 15 laps ago, I said the guy in third place is probably going to win this race. So look look at what we got. The two leaders take each other out. Place inherits the lead here with five to go. Well, if it keeps going the way it is, Billy Coles could have a shot at winning this thing again. <laughs> a lot of gentlemen driving, uh, but I'll tell you what, a lot of competitive driving, and that's what we've seen witness to right there, Brad. I don't know that they pull the lap cars out now. I don't even know how many cars we got on the lead lap. Actually, do we just have five by the look of the scoreboard? Or... Yeah, it looks like they're lining them up the way they are with lap cars in amongst the race leaders but we do know one thing there are no lap cars in between first and second paul teron on the outside and the x with the 54 on the inside bob Riker will lead them to the green with five laps to go Riker and teron side by side they'll shoot down into one Riker drives it in deep but they're still side by side Riker edges them out a little bit down the back stretch to run on the brakes deep with Riker trying to hang on as they come off at turn number four with four laps to go at the start finish line. Riker gets the advantage coming off to run and settles up. The 75 pair of laps down is mixed in there amongst the leaders. Riker can let the 75 go as they work their way in the one and two. Is Riker going to do so? As they head down the back straight, Riker up on the wheel as they go into three. But again, Graham Cook, the 75 car, a few laps down. Riker leading the way. Bradman, have a look at the 91 car. Yeah, Chris Bolio has worked his way up through the field already on a charge with two laps to go for Gerard. As almost trouble on the front stretch, they gather it up. Meanwhile, Raker to lead them down the back with two laps left to go here. White flag in the air this time for Riker in the 54 car as Chris Bolio has almost completed his way back up through the field. He runs in the fourth spot, but up front in the three for the final time and off the turn four checkered flags in the air for the 54. Bob Riker, your race winner. Bob Riker brings home the race win in the 54. Second place, Paul Teron in the zero. Garnett Grimard in the 52 in third. Chris Bolio charges his way up to fourth. And the number 22R, Roald Hagden out of Quinnell will round out your top five. But Bob Riker was the man 
in third until your leaders got together. He inherits the lead, and he is your winner of the Venom 100. Unbelievable action in this race, in this night. Unbelievable, Brad, man. I know we're going to hear from the winner. Todd Lewis will be with him. But, man, oh, man, what a night. An exciting finish to this one. It was, Joe. You can't get much better than this, and I can't wait to see what we're going to see tomorrow. Job well done, Brad, man. Thanks uh, for doing all you do down there, buddy. Well, Joe, I'm shutting this down, and I'm going to the food truck. And I hope they got some heat over there. <laughs> I'm with you, buddy. Uh, thanks so much. That's Brad Man calling the action. Overturn one and two all night. Let's throw it down to Todd Lewis. Joe, we're just waiting for Bob Riker to shut the motor off. Let his crew get over here. Help him get out of the car. And what a night for and the it's, 54. Uh, uh, what, what a night indeed. Had the victory earlier on tonight in the heat race. Was right in position, running in third with the 67 and the 91. Who were battling and battling. It was a whale of a battle between those two. Billy Coles charging from the back up towards the front of the field on more than one occasion. And there he is, Bob Reichert, who is in position in third. As the two front runners collided, he's going to take that helmet off and the Hans device off. And once again, we're going to have a little chat. And this time, you got the big check and the big victory in this yeah. one. Yeah, that was good. We didn't have the fastest car, but uh, it was fast enough. You were, you were watching what was happening in front of you. Were you just thinking, this is going to be my opportunity, perhaps? Uh, it was, I was close to getting caught up in that. But, uh, yeah, they were going at her pretty hard, and I got lucky. <laughs> but you'll take it. Congratulations, Bob, on the nice victory. Thank you. There's your winner in the 100 lap, the Venom 100 Street Strike. Bob Reichert gets the celebration cheers from the crowd. Yeah, congratulations to Bob and Paul Durand in second there coming in to uh, celebrate with Bob down there. And Paul was crossed up and anything but straight for those final few laps, but somehow still held on to the second position. As we're getting a look here on Shaw Spotlight at uh, Bob Riker getting the hardware down there in victory lane, winning the Venom 100. Joe, what a night of racing it was on night number one. I can only imagine what tomorrow will bring. Oh, history was made tonight. Watch tomorrow. Unbelievable. you got to make it to this racetrack. Cole Sorensen, awesome job up here, bud. Pleasure working with you tonight, and I look forward to it again tomorrow night. Uh, Todd Lewis. Also down on pit road, great job down there, and what a night. Yeah, big thanks to Brad Mann as well, and thanks to everybody here at Penticton Speedway, all you fans for braving the uh, cold temperatures here and the wind for the remainder of the evening here and sticking with us for the rest of this. And I think Todd Lewis might have... Paul Tarand here, who is uh, celebrating with some of his fans up at the uh, the catch fence. Paul, did you just have to go up and uh, have a chat with some of the fans who stuck it out here to see this battle? Yeah, it was a battle for everybody here tonight. I think it. I think we ran the 300 with yellows. Man, oh man, I am very, very old and very tired, and managed to carry this old girl to second. Awesome job racing with that guy all night. The uh, the fast guys are good, but uh, yeah, we pulled one out here. Very, very good. Congratulations. Nice run. Thank you very much. Paul's got to collect his trophy and uh, get some more celebration, celebrating going on before uh, the evening's over. Todd Lewis, 
thoughts on tonight. Give us your final thoughts. Pretty good night when uh, we saw this uh, street stock race. We were talking about it around the midway point. That I'm not sure that we were finished seeing everybody up at the front of the field yet, and just about everybody cycled through at one point, and I expect that we're going to see a lot of that tomorrow in the uh, Western Rattler 300 as well. Well, tighten those belts, everybody. Good job down there, by the way, Todd. Uh, you got to be here tomorrow at Penticton Speedway. If you can't, you can tune in on racetimeradio.com. You can tune in to Rev TV Canada. You can tune in to Shaw. And you can tune in to Sirius XM, Channel 167. But for everybody here, we want to, fans, make sure you're good and safe on the way home. We want to see you back here tomorrow for the Western Rattler 300. That's going to do it for us tonight. We will catch you tomorrow. Be early.